Hello, Warhammer fans. Welcome to episode 74 of Realm and Ruin, a Warhammer podcast, a Realm episode too. A podcast so Warhammer, we can rip the head off a lord of skulls with our pinky fingers. Take <laughs> that, Kelgar. I mean, Death Guard get a times three strength power fist now. It's not impossible. There you go. <laughs> there you go. I'm your host, Matt. Joining me as always is a guy always racking up those depravity points. It's Cameron. How are you doing, sir? Uh, yeah, I'm doing pretty good. I was paying a little today for the racking up said depravity points. Um, oh. Uh, yeah, terrible morning. Uh, lots of dishes. <laughs> terrible condition to do them in. But <laughs> worth it to eat delicious food. So I'll take it. <laughs> I, I take after Glutos. I'm not one of these keepers of secrets running around doing fancy stuff. You yeah, know? <laughs> just like to eat. Uh, but that's what we. That's why he he has his servants, you know, to do mm. excessive oh, yeah. amounts of washing oh. up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm thinking of like Sineshi dishwashers now. Oh mm. yeah, yeah. Perfect my art. Not a yeah. single drop of moisture shall remain. <laughs> Once I wick away the grease and grime. <laughs> <laughs> the cults of the pale dish. So it may be a thing. That's actually a really good day. title for a cult. Yeah. You know, they, they, yeah. Serve, they serve like blanched man flesh or something. Yeah. like, you must take the pale dish. Yes. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Inspiring. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> uh, so, yes, here we are. Episode 74. So before we get stuck into all that Warhammer goodness, which there is plenty of, especially in the news mm. section this episode, just a little quick, a little bit of admin. So we have recorded our mental health revisited episode that was done the other week. So it's still yet to be edited, etc. But so it has been done. Adrian joined us. It was a extremely good show, very heartfelt yeah. at times as well. So look out for that in the very short term future it will be out soon and obviously last episode was our third anniversary show as well where we started work on the index starties realm ruiners which was a really good laugh as well <laughs> and we had some good bit of feedback from it as well especially from our mods where we decided to you know put the gene seed in them and uh, create our own characters with them as well so yeah if you've not checked out that episode go check it out it was good fun yeah. so yeah, and as, as always, our Discord is free to join. We've got some new members recently, so welcome to you guys. And, you know, like I said, if you want to discuss Warhammer with people, get involved with RPGs, Tabletop Simulator, painting tips, you know, army mm. list tips. We've got a, a cool range of people that know different things. You know, we're, we're like a well-oiled Adeptus Mechanicus machine. <laughs> you know, we, we sort of, we fill in the gaps and, and not with uh, gap filler either. We sort of fill in the gaps, right. you know, where someone will know a bit, bit about this, bit about that. So like I said, if you want to join notes will be in the description as always. So mm. Cameron, I think it's time to talk hobby. Yeah. So here we go. And let's start with a question. This comes from one of the many pillars of the community, Zero Spirit, and he asks, if you won the free basket prize but had to buy a new army you had never collected before, what would you get? So for context, this is the recent competition that has now ended 
that uh, Games Workshop ran where obviously to promote the My Warhammer store amalgamation across the yeah. you know, Forge world, etc. They obviously did a prize where you got to put lots of things in your basket and then they picked, <laughs> I think, so many winners. I think it was about five yeah. winners would win what was in their basket. So obviously this was a great opportunity for <laughs> five people out in the Warhammer community anyway to <laughs> potentially start a new army. So that's what the context is for this question. So yeah, Cameron, if you had won Ooh. and you had to put an army yeah. you've never collected before in you know any of the games, I mean, or multiple yep, games, yep. what would you pick? God, um, well, this is not actually a difficult question, especially after last night. Uh, I've got three <laughs> answers. Um, and one of them I had when you posted the question to me yesterday before the reveal streams. And two of them I now have that things have been revealed in the news. Um, <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. So the first one was actually I would love to do um, like a 500, 1,000 point Drukari army. Mm. Um, I've, this has been going through my head the last couple of weeks, actually. I love as Drube Ovet, like as a character, he's super cool. I kind of got the ideas like, oh, I could get like a raider and the razor wing jet fighter and bash them together for his big barge thing. And like, it's not <laughs> going to have rules, but it'd be a cool modeling project. And like, I was thinking that over and now the dark elder rules are out. They seem really fun. Um, really interesting, uh, with, with what you can do. And I would love to do a dark elder army. That is the, the real space raid detachment where it's like one archon, one succubus and one homunculus leading their chosen troops in. Yeah. yeah. And just do that as like the wild, crazy, uh, evil space elf army. <laughs> I love their aesthetic. <laughs> um, they don't look crazy difficult to paint compared to certain other things I could have. Yeah. Picked. I'd agree with but, that. Yeah, yeah. A bit of dry brushing on the vehicles, that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, that was my initial answer. And then, Oh, it all started with that smile, that damned, <laughs> befanged smile. Um, yeah, uh, Soulblight Gravelords are officially coming. They've been officially revealed. We'll talk more about them in the news segment. But, mm -hmm. good God, do I want just a whole tray full of that. <laughs> um, <laughs> absolutely stunning. Um, harkening back to the old vampire count stuff incredibly well. Um, and just, yeah, would love that. They look like they'd be a really fun army to play as well. You know, you get your hordes of infantry and then your sharp uh, elite cavalries and all that kind of fun stuff. Yeah. Uh, and then the other one is I want to do a cowboy orc list <laughs> uh, for 40k. Uh, again, using some newly revealed things for orcs uh, from the stream that we'll talk about later. But um, yeah, I, I think someone, on, I, was, I was just uh, scrolling through Reddit and someone was like, my favorite match would be cowboy orcs versus cowboy adeptus mechanicus on their little horses because <laughs> <laughs> like oh but yeah a bunch of orcs with like the little the ranching hats and, you know you can give them the cigars and the yeah <laughs> stuff. that's what 3d printers are made for <laughs> yeah <exactly. laughs> someone will do it <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh and it would just be a fun dumb army that i could go and have a good time with like uh, might not be competitive but orcs are for me, thematically, super-duper fun. Yeah. And I think I would have a great time playing an orc list where I don't have to think about anything, and instead I just kind of run forwards. <laughs> Good tactic. <laughs> yeah. Oh, great tactics. I'm, I'm a genius amongst orcs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so those are like the three things that uh, come to mind. Then, you yeah. know, 
the the dark elder and vampires thing is like aesthetically similar like i just like that smooth with sharp points aesthetic i think it's really yeah it's and then orcs is just i've always wanted to do orcs and i've never actually dipped my toe in personally i helped my little brother when he used to collect but uh i have not actually done any myself so <laughs> well they say once you've gone green you never go back so yeah yeah you know it's a dangerous <laughs> path to go down camera oh, but one I'm, well enjoy. I'm well aware i'm well aware good answers um for myself um so i think for 40k two came Mm. to mind really one was the drakari um yeah i mean i almost didn't put it as one of my answers because technically i've bought them or at least some of them three times so far in the last (laughs) few years but then sold them again so i've not technically worked on a drakari but I, yeah. I, you know, I've gone halves on one of the boxes. I did buy one of the Battle Forces, but then sold it because, it, again, it's one of those things where I just feel like I'm never going to get around to it. So I, I, yeah. I end up selling it. And it's a shame, really, because like you, I love the aesthetic. Uh, they're my favorite of the Eldari factions. I think just yeah. they're, what I like about them, they know what they are. They don't mm. hide what they are, and <laughs> you know whatever you feel about that, they, mm. they they just they just look cool in my opinion. Oh, I know yeah. that's obviously yeah. a personal taste, but regardless of obviously the the book coming out soon as well, I just I've always dug how what how they work, what they do. I love the yeah. different sub factions, and I would probably do a very homunculi very crazy Ooh, yeah. sort of thing because I, I just love the fact that you could just go absolutely mental with them you know from a conversion mm. and kit bashing point of view you could go nuts with that and i think yeah i, I they would definitely be up there and i think uh, also 40k i would consider the tyranids they're, they're something i've never mm. really ever considered and i and yeah i forget about them sometimes which is yeah. a shame because there's they're very cool. It's just that I think because they've sort of been untouched for a long time, I, I sort of forget mm. they exist as a, as yeah. a model range, obviously not as a yeah. faction. And I've never ever dipped my toes in material. It's ever. And I, you know, I'll be honest, I've been tempted here and there. Um, mm. I don't feel I know enough about them uh, again, from a model perspective. So it would be something where that sort of excites me, you know, where I've not yeah. really looked into it and try and work out which unit does what and, and how it yeah. all unfolds. I'm obviously, they'll be getting a new codex eventually this edition. So maybe some new models. Um, I'd like to do like some, I don't know, like a tendril that's been, you know, in, in the outer reaches of the galaxy, not really Mm. uh, known about. And then it, you know, comes in, hits hard. Um, Yeah. 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 They just, they, yeah, they're cool. Tyranids are cool, but I think they're a bit, they're a bit to me, they're a bit like orcs where you've sort of got to, uh, I don't know, get into them in a in a certain way like i think you like tyranny players are tend i always found to be quite hardcore i don't think you <laughs> half-assed collect uh tyranids i think you need uh, to yeah yeah you don't you don't lightly collect 300 termagants yeah exactly <laughs> i feel you're all in and you know often tyranny players are people that have been playing them a long time obviously you've yeah. had ups and downs like a lot of factions if you're into your your game inside and you know and obviously the model range so i think you know it's a bit like the orcs with you what you were saying with yourself i feel if you dip a toe in you could be going down a very you know big rabbit hole full of yeah claws and and teeth <laughs> yeah yeah don't get me started I, I keep trying not to go back to my old tyrannies <laughs> <laughs> See, there you go 
um, I think on the AOS side, um, I've got sort of two answers really. Uh, one was Daughters of Cain, mainly yeah. because I, I sort of put them in because that was actually what I've left in my basket as part of this yeah. competition. Um, I just thought there's something where I've always liked them. Uh, I love when we cover their battle tome, the very original one, obviously that, which is mm. one of the first tomes we ever, we ever discussed. And what I like about them is obviously their aesthetics and how they work. I've always been a massive, uh, dark elves fan from back in the day. What's put me off collecting them is the fact of how expensive they can be, you know, when you need yeah. lots and lots of witch elves and things like that, or not necessarily need now. I don't know. I'm not up to date with the current rules, but you know, that's why I thought, Oh, that's, this is the perfect time to try and win them free. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'll, I'll win them as a prize. A good point. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that was one. But I think the other one I would have for AOS would be uh, the Bone Reapers, really. Um, mm. I, I've, I, I really enjoy playing as them recently. I played them uh, on Tabletop Simulator a little while ago. In, well, at least around, I think it was around Christmas time. And I really liked the way they played. I know yeah. the aesthetic of them is quite... Uh, you know, you either like it or you don't. I think with the Bone Reapers, mm. you know, they're they're a bit quite a, uh, a diverse range in some ways. But I think you know, sort of to myself that I I could see myself playing as them. You know, and I imagine they're yeah. quite quick to paint up, and you know, especially if you get your mm. contrast out and things like that. So yeah, I mean, that's so I think that's more of a a playing side rather than yeah. You know, I, yeah. I've sort of I've got used to their aesthetic you know i know that mm. again some people were instantly put off by them some people absolutely love them and i said the more i've sort of looked at them you know obviously i did some research before i played it as them and I, yeah you know the more you got into them i was like yeah i'm actually really enjoying this so yeah yeah so i think that would be my answers so uh yeah, yeah. good answers good <laughs> answers good question thank you very much mm. for it so cameron what have your hobby hands and brain and eyes and whatever <laughs> else you've used for your hobby. What have you what have you been doing the last few weeks? Oh well I've been doing bits and bobs and bricks and bracks. Um and I've I've actually gotten things painted, which is confusing to me. I'm not meant to do that. Um <laughs> <laughs> Um so we'll we'll start off with um just stuff I've been working on. So uh if I'm getting my dates correct and remembering correctly Last time we caught up my hobby, I had just received uh, Motari in a Plague Burst Crawler and a Malignant... Malignant... No. Oh, God, what's the name of the... Something Malignifier. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, the train piece, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. Uh, Miasmic Malignifier. Dear God. Yes, that's they the one. They make this difficult for us. Um <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and I've uh, <laughs> yeah, and I've primarily been working on those three things over the last month or so. Uh, mm -hmm. So I'll start with the one that's absolutely not completed, uh, which is the Miasmic Malignifier. I've done the basis of work on it. It's assembled, uh, but as I was assembling it, I got the idea, oh, would it be cool, because it's like this big furnace thing, would it be cool if I could get it to light up? Uh, and dug around, dug around, um, and Erin had some like miniature fairy lights, uh, left over from one of her interior design cool. projects. Uh, so I painted all the bulbs with the and and yellow, uh, the contrast paint, uh, stuffed a bunch of cotton wool over it, and then managed to, like, um, instead of gluing on the grill for the furnace, I've pinned it so I can pull it on and off at will. 
Sweet. Uh, so yep. I've shoved that all in there, and uh, when you turn the light on in the darkness, it does indeed look like there's like smoke and fire in there, which I'm pretty happy with. Um, <laughs> the difficulty will be painting all of it and still be able to get that in and out and everything, but we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. That's most of the work I've done. Uh, I cut a few like extra holes in the main stack so the light would show a little higher up as well. Nice. Um, yeah. yeah, and th- th- that's all I've really done with that. Like I've assembled it. I've started doing like a little personalization like the light isn't going to be on during any games or anything uh it's mostly <laughs> going to be for like cool army shots look at my death guard they've got an actual glowing big plague furnace thing that's cool nice um yeah uh now the one of these i haven't actually shown many photos of and that is mortarian who is mm. heavily in progress um and i was actually talking with red uh, Red Shadow from our Discord a few days ago, and he asked me what I've been doing on him because I realized I've not posted anything <laughs> really yet. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, uh, I can't remember if I had done this the last time, but um, I tried to film myself doing uh, a leg conversion on him and bumped yeah. my tripod and the camera swung away uh and so i have 25 minutes of me talking about safety features uh when (laughs) cutting when cutting large plastic (laughs) miniatures um which has been translated has fortunately been translated into our uh last warhammer waffle that's right (laughs) Um, yes yeah that's it uh but yeah no i i reposed both his legs uh because i'm gonna have him standing instead of flying and by going to have him standing i mean i have him standing um so his legs are fully reposed uh he is uh, fully assembled except for the sub-assembly bits I'm painting him in, which is the base, body, legs, and arms. Uh, left hand is separate and the wings are separate. Mm-hmm. Uh, really should have kept the whole arms separate, but um, with all the stuff I did, like they didn't fit perfectly, perfectly, so I had to do some gap filling with green stuff, so I said, screw it, and just put them all together, basically. Um, and he is now in the early stages of painting. Um, for his base, nice. I, got a, I got a corpse cart, uh, got the pile of zombies from that and kind of cracked it open to make it flatter and built up his base so he'll he's at the same height and he's sort of just standing on this pile of slime and corpses which I feel is appropriate. Very much so. Um, yeah, uh, and for his for his right hand instead of aiming and firing his gun, uh, he has a magnet and some swirly plague smoke uh, and at the moment can have a space marine uh, and assault marine attached there, uh, which really shows off the scale difference because good god <laughs> that that little dude is absolutely tiny um, he's little yeah yeah um i also have a cadre fireblade from a like the little towel hero guy uh yeah, yeah. in the process of being magnetized for that i'm gonna go make a few more you know i'll get like an orc and an eldar and uh all that kind of stuff ready for that eventually maybe a tyranid we'll see uh <laughs> I can't buy more tyrants. Um <laughs> But can you? <laughs> I might be able to. Um Yeah, so uh so that that's uh that's lots of fun. Um and painting him is it he's he's getting there. I've got most of the base coats done. Um as far as paints, uh interjecting in, in sort of part way through this, I have tried out a new paint range that I've been meaning to try out for a while and I'm very impressed. And that's the Vallejo metal colour range uh specifically the airbrush ones which come yep. pre-thinned super good i'll be talking about <laughs> them very shortly in my hobby section too yeah yeah um they are they are beautiful they I certainly the, are um i have the dark aluminium and the copper and i got the copper because i've got copper 
uh, trim on all my Death Guard, but it's mm-hmm. a little light compared to the Screaming Bell uh, color, which I use. So yep. I'll use it still for like highlights and stuff, um, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to use it for the base coating itself. Um, although I have been using it for that on Mortarian just to help block things out. Uh, and because it covers really smoothly and strongly, which is so nice. Um, the dark aluminium, I don't think I can go without now. Yeah. Uh, it's basically <laughs> lead belcher plus. Um, <laughs> That's a good way of it, actually. Yeah. 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 It, it's the exact same shade, but it's just goes on super smooth. It's super mm. thin and dries nice and quickly. And it's just perfect. Like, I've not needed to put down more than a single pre-thinned coat. Yeah. And it's perfect in every way. Um, Once I get into airbrushing, I can chuck in an airbrush, too, and that'll make nights so much fucking easier. Um. (laughs) I'll be talking about airbrushing it shortly. Yeah, yeah, good. (laughs) I can can validate that. (laughs) Yeah, Um, so that's in progress. But of those three birthday gifts, I actually have one that's complete right here with me, my little inspiration, which is the Plague Burst Crawler. Um, which, hey, it's, it's proof that I can paint a tank. <laughs> I've not actually painted a tank before this. Um, I'm not counting knights because those are basically big dudes. Yes. Um, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, um, I, I finished it up. It's all glued together. The sponsored weapons are all magnetized. Ooh. Um, in the rare event, I want to take the entropy cannons off, which I don't think I'm going to want to anytime soon. They're really yeah, good. Yeah. Um, yeah, um, super duper happy, and I have my my uh, Doctor Strange love slash jackass Nurgling riding the mortar <laughs> shell, um, permanently affixed now. Um, <laughs> I messed up, and it's it's like veering off to one side slightly, but I feel that makes sense with an unexpected load on the shell. So it's yeah, all good. yeah. <laughs> um, I'm so happy with it. Um, it's all good. varnished as well, so I don't have to worry about rubbing the paint off. Thank God. Um. Yeah, and it's good. I didn't think I could paint a vehicle, and now I figured out how to paint a vehicle in my scheme, which is good, so I can apply this to other things, um, <laughs> which is it's like a wraith bone base coat, and then flayed one flesh, a couple of thin layers, and then dry brushed with powder witch flesh, and then mm-hmm. painstakingly do every recess with Reichland flesh shake gloss and like <laughs> pinpoint wash everything, which is a pain, but looks really good when it's done. <laughs> Nice. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'm super duper happy with that. And um, that's not the only vehicle I painted. Uh, I oh? did both of these in the last three days, actually. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've done a lot of stuff this week. Uh, my other weeks have been pretty busy at work. Um, but uh, a bit over three years ago, three years and three or four months, uh, I stumbled into a Games Workshop store convinced after talking with you on twitter for a while that i was going to get back into warhammer <laughs> god damn it um and an utter nervous wreck i was convinced i was going to do space marines um i was i was uh talked into buying the no no fear uh set from eighth edition yeah. uh and i was like well I'll, I'll put together a single death guard marine to just you know get my hand in you know get used to mm-hmm. flipping and scraping and gluing before i touch these these precious space marines absolutely i'll, I'll use these ugly chaos bastards uh, and i was hooked and I built and painted every model from that set except one, <laughs> which I built the bloat drone and I base coated the bloat, bloat drone, kind of. I mostly base coated the bloat drone and then uh, it. I just never finished it. Um, <laughs> like <laughs> for, for 
for over three years because I started it in January 2018 was when mm. I started painting this. I went back and I checked. It was like, yeah, that was the first picture I had of the bloke drone assembled. <laughs> uh, for over three years, this model has sat with, you know, its guns blue tacked on and, you know, with just like <laughs> Corax white spray showing all over it and some, some metals <laughs> slapped on and stuff. Terrible. Uh, I had to fix it, uh, especially since it's now not a very good loadout for a blow drone, so I need to give it the dignity of having a paint job at least. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, yeah, I, I finished painting up that blow drone, and I'm really happy with it. Uh, I used the same method I figured out with the crawler, uh, and now it actually looks halfway decent because before I had, like, a much darker flesh tone on the plating, which works on the Marines, but doesn't seem to work so well on the, the like, the actual metal plating armor for vehicles. I'm not sure why that is for me, but hey, I shan't judge. Um, he's all painted up, he's all based. Um, it just took that long to finish the very first box I bought. <laughs> or at least finish half of the very first... The, the other Marines are still sitting yeah. in storage. The half you care about. Yeah. The half I care yeah. about. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hey, those Primaris Marines, they're going to get their time in the sun now that I have to build Realm Runers. Exactly. Um, <laughs> Uh, but, uh, yeah, so I, I, I've, I've done a decent bit of painting, which confuses and worries me, um, <laughs> but it, it's not displeasing, uh, which is nice, so I've quite enjoyed it, and I'm quite happy with the results, uh, which is a nice, is a nice yeah, thing, I'm, good I'm feeling. happy. Yeah. yeah, um, I, I bought White Dwarf for the first time in about six months, uh, because everyone's, is. everyone's buying White Dwarf for the, those <laughs> delicious Steam games, I just want to play Space Marine again. Yeah, there's a chance. There's a chance we could play the multiplayer. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, I love that game. Which, yeah, which I never got to do the multiplayer because I didn't have um, PSN uh, when the game first came out, and I bought it on a PlayStation Three because that was what I had. Well, so he, here's we'll here's a fun fact. I remember with mm. Space Marine, I owned it on the Xbox 360 at the time, and I remember getting it secondhand, loving the single player, and thought, oh, yeah, I'm mm. up for the multiplayer. And th at this time, I was completely out of Warhammer in general. This is many yeah. years ago. And I remember at the time, I don't know if it was eradicated, but you had to buy the pass separately. Uh. Do you remember when uh. video games used to have, where you had to buy the, the online pass to play it online? Oh uh, God, yeah. I think some EA games used to do it as well, where you, yeah, you, know, you can yeah, play online did. unless you had this pass. And obviously, if you got it new, you're fine because you had a code in the box to yeah. play it. Um, whereas if you got it secondhand, it had already been used. You had to then, you know, buy it. So yeah. I remember to play it yeah. online, I had to buy like Xbox points to then in turn yeah. buy yeah. the pass. But <laughs> it was good. It was actually a really good multiplayer. I, you know, I don't mm. know how it would hold up now, but it was, it was really good. You know, you got to play yeah. obviously Marines or space Marines. You got to pick your chapter. You could be devastators, assault Marines. Mm. It was, yeah, it was, it was, it was yeah. good fun. Yeah. So yeah, hopefully uh, now that Aaron's got a laptop that is gaming capable as well, uh, I can jump <laughs> in on all that kind of stuff, which is yeah. good. Um, uh, but, you know, I read the articles as well, obviously. Oh, yeah. Philistine. It's a magazine as well, isn't it? I didn't, I didn't, I didn't pay $15 <laughs> for 12 free game codes. Yeah. <laughs> that would be ridiculous. Um, uh, no, uh, really good stuff in there. Uh, mm -hmm. whoever, whoever did that, I uh, forget who they are, but whoever did the big Bealtan Wraith Knight uh, in the Bealtan article, good job. That thing looks absolutely awesome. I, th I, I, I think it's... Um... 
what's her name? Laura uh, Pegasus oh, yeah. from Twitter. Yeah, it is, you know, the one it? that she she works uh, on the 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 Wama community videos, you know, the ones they yeah. do for reveals. Yeah. But she does yeah. those crazy kit bashes and conversions on mm. Twitter. Yeah, I think that's her. I think she did it. God. From memory. She keeps keeps blowing it away. Uh, oh, she's amazing. Um, and uh, as far as actual reading, because I, I guess articles don't super count, um, <laughs> I, I have been reading Thieves' Paradise, uh, the novella from the last series, okay. by the guy who did um, Callus and Toll, I believe it is. Was it Callus and Toll? Uh, oh, that would be Nick Horth. Oh, no. I think he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And did Silver City. Yeah. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, yeah. C- City. Yeah. I can't remember City that. What was the other one? City of, City of Secrets, that's it. Yeah. That's the one. Yes, yep. that was the one. Um, yeah, uh, that one's really fun. I'm really oh, cool. enjoying that. Uh, I've not quite finished it yet, but um, I didn't know how much I needed an Age of Sigmar heist m- movie, <laughs> uh, but now I know that I need an Age of Sigmar heist movie. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, like, the, the general premise is the main character is like this, this legendary, and by legendary I mean like relatively well-known thief, Mm-hmm. Uh, and she is recruited by a witch hunter to break into the Thieves' Paradise, which is a sub-realm of Shaiish where legendary thieves go when they die, and it is just this <laughs> enormous citadel that is constantly changing, is full of strange markets and traps and enemies, and it's just a never-ending game of try to reach the vault at the center, because uh, that's <laughs> heaven for uh, scoundrels and rapscallions, apparently. Uh, and it is just a lot of fun. You know, like, the the gang's all here, etc. There's um There's an Iron Weld engine, engineer guy. He's great. Um, there is the ghost of a legendary thief from, like, 3,000 years before, who is also fantastic. <laughs> um, yeah, there's, there's all kinds of good stuff. I, I won't spoil the story so far, but it, it's, uh, it's, it's um, sort of a fun romp of, yeah. a, of a book, which is... Uh, a nice change from a lot of... Most of the AOS fiction is more of a fun romp than 40k fiction, but yeah, it agree with that. tends to be quite serious. And this one just, while it's serious in terms of, like, the stakes and stuff, is, like, overall quite lighthearted and just... It's just a good heist movie. It's Ocean's Eleven in Age of Sigma. <laughs> <laughs> I, can, I can tell you heists do work in AOS because as part of mm. our Soulbound campaign that we did, you know, the aos rpg as yeah. we run on our discord a while back yeah we did we we stole a ship so <laughs> to be pirates so it it works it works mm. that was one that we mm. did it was a, basically a little side mission we did because yeah it wasn't actually meant to be it wasn't part of the original campaign that that martin was running but we were just one one of the characters who was a you know a corsair basically wanted yeah. to steal a ship and obviously the rest oh, of us was like yeah, I'm up for stealing a ship. And that became a whole session by itself. A oh, whole side great. session. It was awesome. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Heist and AOS is a good combination. I can I can definitely agree with that. Mm-hmm. Well, excellent. Uh, oh, and of course, my, my pick for the community highlight, mm. um, which uh, th- this is always fun because the way it works is throughout the month, I just save posts that I really, really like. And always at the end of the month, I'm like, I'll do one last check and I see something and go, okay, throw out all those safe posts. <laughs> no good. <laughs> this is the one. Um, so this is by uh, u slash Darcy Bono or Bono, <laughs> uh, 
from Darcy Bono Creations. I guess they are probably a commission painter. Uh, yeah, looks but like they it. they have they have posted a uh, a member of the Science of the Flame warband from Warcry. Uh, it's the mm-hmm. dude who is just on fire and running. <laughs> and that guy. It is it is like the most incredible, beautiful, bright fire lighting on a model that I have seen mm. to date. I think it mm. is just. I was just like scrolling through the Warhammer subreddit. I was like, yeah, this is pretty good. This is pretty good. And then I just stopped because it was like <laughs> arresting uh, when you look at it. Yeah. Um, it is it is so, so bright. And like there's a little bit of OSL going on, but there's also like it's toned down enough that you can still see the actual colors of like his mask and his boots and his, his tabard and everything. Uh, and is then also just running across a really fantastic lava base. Uh, that looks again super realistic for the little slice we get. Uh, looks much more um, realistically volcanic uh, compared to <laughs> yeah. a lot of the standard ones. Yeah, uh, yeah no, just just absolutely awesome coloring. Um, no idea how they've done it. Uh, <laughs> no. Lots of skill and time and patience. Yeah. I would assume. <laughs> yes, the things that <laughs> other people have. That we yes. <laughs> we strive yeah, no. for. <laughs> uh, I've, got, I've got time for a wash, a dry brush, and then slapping some dirt on it. I don't know yeah. about you. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's it's a fantastic job, and it's one of those where it looks simple in mm. one way you look at it, but you can tell a lot of time, a lot of effort, and it's not as simple as it looks. No, there's a, no. some amazing blending. I mean, the fact that that have considered. Yeah the the lighting effects on the knee that front knee mm. where it's all blending you can see yeah. the uh, the light from the flames you know that a lot of effort's gone into just purely you know from the actual logistics the like mm. like i said where the shadow would be where's the where would the light where would the intensity be you know and how yeah. it's affecting yeah. other bits of the light it's so good so so good <laughs> and yeah, some people just do amazing stuff, which we seem to say yeah. every time. But it wow, there's so many good artists out there. I know, I <laughs> like... know, it's crazy, <laughs> oh, amazing, cool. Right, okay. Well, that's Cameron's hobby. Before we get into my escapades, let's talk about the episode hobby tip. So this one is uh, one that I found off Reddit too, actually. Mm. So this is this comes from Jackstar two double one. Uh, yep. off, again off off reddit where they jack has basically used a indominus box to create a uh <laughs> carry yeah. case yeah i know this one <laughs> is really good so basically yeah they've mm. taken the literal indominus box you know the box that all that all the models came in and basically obviously put a load of foam in cut it all out they've then added a handle to it you know one that a yep. strap they've obviously done that as well and it, again, very simple. Mm, obviously, I'm mm. sure other people have done other similar things, but it it's done so well, and I can and I can you know a lot of us can verify that that Indomitus box is a very solid box oh, yeah. as well. You it's know, I can dirty. see why that was their choice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of weight in the cardboard on that one. They made yeah. sure that one was safe. <laughs> exactly. So yeah. So you know, it's one of those where, like I said, I'll, I'll try and remember to put a link to that on on Reddit because I think, like I said, if you've got the Indomitus box hanging around, just oh yeah, not really doing much, you know, with a, a bit of uh, a bit of work and uh, you know a bit of effort, I think you could do a cool little carry case. It's quite inspiring, actually. Very mm. very simple, yeah. but very effective too. So that is awesome. Right. Okay. 
let us talk about my hobby highlights. Um, I, I've had an I've had an interesting month really because I've done some you know left field things out there. So let's talk about airbrushing. Yeah, which is what I was hinting on. earlier. So uh, last <laughs> realm episode, I said that. You know, I finally wanted to get into airbrush and I've had an airbrush for years and I've sold, I sold some models off or some backlog. I should say I sold it off and bought myself a compressor and have sort of gone whole hog into it. And, you know, I started (laughs) chatting to people that, you know, friends of the show like Adrian and he was good enough to devote uh, about two, three hours via WhatsApp (laughs) (laughs) on video. So to show me the basics of airbrushing. I know there's obviously videos out there and on YouTube, etc. But I thought, you know, he knows what he's talking about. And yeah, he, as I said, he just gave me some of his time and we went through it step by step. Um, It was really good. It was really good. Really eye-opening as well, because obviously having someone hand-holding over the internet, (laughs) if you want to put it that way, (laughs) really does help because obviously airbrushing is simple in theory, but, you know, there's lots of little little things that you hear and it's, you know, and obviously it's subjective, but like, do you do it this way? Do you do it that way? And it was yeah. good to have someone's, you know, input whilst you're doing it at the same time. Yeah. And the good thing for age from Adrian's perspective as well is he wanted to see for himself, does his way of doing things work when he's teaching someone else, if you see what I mean? Mm. So, you know, so it was, it was, you know, both beneficial to us. So yeah, we, what we did for, so for these few hours is we went through all the, all the, the basics. We then tried different types of paint as well. Um, because obviously the key thing he was trying to get across to me was consistency. Um, yeah. as in the consistency of the paint, i.e., the paint to thinner ratio, which yeah. is one of the huge bits obviously of, obviously of airbrushing because obviously each paint and it's not just the, not just the, paint ranges whether it's different brands and things it's actually the paints within the same lot range of paints within the same mm. manufacturer so for example you know i was using a lot of vallejo and i think that's what i'm going to always use <laughs> from, from now on <laughs> is you know you, you could have two paints within their model model range their model color range and you know you think well they're, they're the same paint in a way different colors but same paint but no you, you they still have to have different types of thinning because yeah. one may need thinning a bit more than the other because it's this you know this pigment of blue that seems to be need a bit more thinner than this yellow over here for example it, yeah. you know or vice versa so yeah it was quite eye-opening in that sense we did some priming we did some metallics um and it was it wasn't just also just getting the consistency it was also learning to keep you know, the, the, the method of, of washing your airbrush or, you know, putting thinner through it, you know, getting, getting the, you know, getting it washed as you're doing it. So, yeah. you know, it just keeps that, I know, I suppose getting into that sort of regimented way of doing it. Mm. Because obviously as mm. you know, people that already airbrush or people that have been looking into airbrushing know that keeping it clean, keeping it free from clogging and things like that is one of the most important things that you need to do so it was it was good in that sense and so as you were saying earlier about the vallejo metal color range Mm. my god that oh (laughs) it's like silky smooth chrome butter uh so it was amazing (laughs) um like cameron said it's it's pre-thinned and like i said i put it in the airbrush i took i had a um a Blight King that I'd 
primed black a long time ago and i just used him as a base model because i thought well i can always i can always strip him eventually yeah. and it effortless putting this chrome <laughs> on it it you know the coverage was amazing and honestly now i've started airbrushing it it feels like i never want to go back i you know it's <laughs> so it's i think what blew my mind is how quickly you can do things oh, you know yeah, just when yeah. getting some primer in it getting the right consistency grabbing them you know grabbing a space marine and go and then literally 15 seconds later 20 seconds later you've covered it and it's done yeah. you know or at least yeah. you've done a coat it depends obviously on the how thick it is you may want to do another layer um after you know you've let it go for 10 15 minutes it, it's crazy honestly it's like <laughs> why am i ever why am i ever using a rattle can again why am i ever, oh, yeah. you know yeah. <laughs> yeah and it doesn't care about weather you can nope. prime whenever you want exactly right so it's <laughs> it's so good and yeah you know i've got i've got myself set up over here in my office it's i i i, I could never go back and it's it's one of those where we were even experimenting with like leftovers from the previous one hey just chuck that in you know yeah put, put a load of thinner in make it a wash okay spray that mm. on see how that looks and we were just we were just buggering around really that's yeah. what we were doing yeah. and it but it was so much fun doing that <laughs> just experimenting with you know with the many spare spare models i've got and just yeah, yeah just throw <laughs> throw an airbrush paint them see what happens and mm. um and what was good actually is like i said once you get that your eye in for the consistency which obviously is the the key thing you're looking for it you, you know i suppose it's a bit same same when you're doing normal paints where you you know you're thinning them you're trying to you make you know get your eye in on it it was the same sort of process really and yeah i i loved what i've done so far with airbrushing it is so much fun and Excellent. once i've built the what i'm building at the moment then i'm gonna you know hopefully then just do a conveyor belt of the priming yeah. the base coating yeah. and then off we go <laughs> So uh, that was airbrushing. And again, thank you to Adrian for helping me with that. Uh, other things, uh, again, a few other random things. I, I had this uh, urge to do some some bases the other day. So I was um, experimenting with cork for the first time. So that was really, really fun, really easy. I know cork basing is nothing new, but it's not it's not something I've ever really touched. So, yeah, so I got yeah. I went to the local store, well, local it's the range over here in the uk which is your yeah you know got a lot of various things in that sort of shop and i bought some cork tiles that you would you that you would put on a wall and yeah. uh yeah just rip it off uh, i sawed it in half a bit because it was quite high so i saw it in half super glue it down and then put some pva around the edge put a load of grit and you know within you know 10 15 minutes i've knocked out a load of bases ready you know to, yeah. for whatever you know I'll do some 40 mils i'll do some 32s and it just means that whatever i'm working on i've already got these bases pre-made and i can you know it's i've done half yeah. the job already so yeah, yeah. it's awesome. honestly cork basing is such an easy win <laughs> when it comes yeah. to, to <laughs> basing um what else uh I've, again i've just been doing random things like the other day I started working on my Demon Prince of Corn, which was not something I was planning on working at, on at the moment. The only reason I worked on it is that I was basing it on the Corgarath and I didn't yeah. want to lose the kit. <laughs> like, as in, yeah. I had it shoved away in a, in a drawer. And I think I, I was just having a bit of a clear out. I thought, right, I came across it. I thought, if I don't do it now, it's going to get lost in you know <laughs> up in the loft somewhere so yeah. so yeah i thought i'll work on it and um, i'm really pleased with it so far so okay. it was uh, it was uh so basically i took the the core from the 
uh, Blades of Corn sort of starter set because I think that's the mm. only place you can still get it at the moment. Yeah. Because I thought I bought one on eBay uh, a while ago and thinking that would make a really good Demon Prince. It's sort of same size. It's got talons, you know, yeah. sorted. So then that's what I did. I then put the uh, the wings from the, 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 the default Demon Prince kit on. Um, I've just blue tacked them on at the moment. I need to secure them and, and green stuff them. And then uh, a simple thing I did was with the the face of the Korgorath. Now, the Korgorath's got a, quite a strange face in the sense yeah. he doesn't really have much of a face. Um, <laughs> he's, he's got a bottom jaw, but then he's got some horns, mm. but the middle bit is sort of not really got much going on. So yeah. I thought it, he's going to be a Demon Prince of Corn. Let's shove a load of skulls in there. So literally, I just glued <laughs> a load of skulls in that sort of basket of his face. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and just put him in. Now he's just got a face of skulls. Yeah, and oh, that works. It works. It's Demon Prince of Corn. He loves mm. skulls. He eats them for breakfast yeah. every meal. It's part of his five. It's part of his five a day or five hundred a day, in his in the Demon Prince case. And uh, then what I did just to finish it off. Because again, the the face was still, or the head was a bit off, in my opinion. So what I did is I took the the uh, I suppose the horns of a hell brute. So yeah. what I mean by the horns, when with a hell brute kit, you can sort of attach these horns on the top of its above where its head is at. It's a bit hard to describe, yeah. but it, I put that on the on sort of the neck of the the Korgorath, basically. So it gave him yeah. some horns at the back. I may just fill it in a bit with a few skulls, and it just it just looks like a collar basically yeah. on him yeah. and again it works it's sort of it just it was just the, the the piece that it needed really so yeah um give it a gave him a really cool uh cork base as well and mm. yeah he's almost done really because that's sort of as far as he needs to go really so yeah that was awesome. a cool little kit bash conversion that for an evening the other day um right uh two more things um i played some more tabletop simulator um as yeah, part of our quirky games that me and my mate pete play so i played as homage to the chaos dwarves i played the legion of asgore um uh, against his bleach core raiders uh, so we did just a thousand point list um obviously legions of asgore are no more at the moment or well from a model range on forge world which we discussed on yeah. the show last time and yeah that was that was a good game um a lot of shooting obviously on my part <laughs> um and obviously a lot of charging on his part. Um, yeah. Actually, the game never got finished. We run out of time. And oh. it's the game we actually need to go back to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it, it was, it was, I, I was, I think I was in a slight advantageous position. Um, but um, boy, um, Stonehorns are not fun to deal with, which I know myself because <laughs> I've been on the other, I've, I've been on the other way around where I've been running. Them. Yeah. And yeah, they're, they're, they're fun. <laughs> <laughs> they're fun to deal with so uh yeah we'll finish that game some that's a good thing with tabletop simulator you can save it in the middle yeah. of the game and you can go back to it so we'll hopefully do that at some point and the last bit of my hobby uh which is something i spoke about last episode which was i said i was going to go on a seminar about designing mm. miniature war games and i did yeah. that did actually happen <laughs> and uh yeah it was run by james hewitt of needy cat games he like i said he used to work for gw he used to work in the shops and then he became he helped with the designing side of things he worked on um age of sigmar he worked on titanicus necromunda as in the recent iterations or at least the the beginning iterations and then obviously he's since left i think in 2016 2017 and uh yeah it was a a a two-hour seminar for about 
16, 15, or 15, 16 of us that were on it. And mm. basically, from what I gather, we were a range of various people in the sense like you had some people that, that designed tabletop games, as in like RPG type games that want to get yeah. into wargaming. You've got people like us that are just into <laughs> Warhammer and other games in general and if yeah. it's something they may want to get into. Because that's the reason I did this seminar. It's something I've, you know, toyed with. You know, it's something maybe yeah. I would like to get into. Uh, or maybe I won't, you know, after sort of getting into it, knowing a bit more about it, that maybe it's not for me. So I thought by at least doing this seminar, I could get sort of a flavor for it. And uh, it was really good. I mean, I won't say too much about it because it was, like I said, two hours of information thrown at us. Yeah. Um, it was great because we had like a chat window so you could ask him questions as he was doing it. And he's they re- he recorded the session and will, you know sent us the link so we can re-watch it. And, uh, but he did give some interesting insights on some of the GW things that um and uh, i'm trying to remember some of them right so <laughs> so in one thing he said at one point he didn't i wish i'd asked him why now when it comes to aos obviously one of the big controversies when it first came out was obviously there was no points was there yes. it wasn't that yeah. it was just bring as many models as you want um he said that at one point there was points ready they did have mm. points at the start but they chose not to so there's some, something, I, I I don't know, the I said the design reason why, but something happened yeah. where they had the points ready, which obviously I know they eventually brought points into AOS, and here we are yeah. uh, now. But they, they were ready at one point, at least a part of it, and then they chose yeah. at the last minute to sort of not have them hmm. for some reason. Yeah. Interesting to see what that was about. Um, <laughs> uh, another thing he answered, which is obviously the old... Um, the cost of a mold, because obviously, you know, we talk yes. about obviously how expensive, you know, creating plastic molds is. Why do we not have this model, that model? Um, his reckoning from when he was back in working from a mold was in the tens of thousands of pounds yeah. to to create. So because obviously you see all these figures banded around. I've seen like where they're bare, they're they cost nothing i've seen like where they cost two hundred thousand pounds to make a mold yeah. whereas yeah his 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 knowledge from back in the day was it was in the tens of thousands so you know yeah. if that interests you um yeah, and he also good. he did yeah so not cheap but you know no uh, it's good to know for them <laughs> exactly and from a design perspective he stepped through titanicus and like the sort of mm. timelines and um i said it, it was it's funny like he was saying like how he started with it in the sense that he spent like two or three months just watching pacific rim watch yeah. playing battle tech you know what just <laughs> immersing in you know mech style yeah. media basically yeah um for months and then they have initial design phase then they they then they spend like three or four months smashing out the basic rules. And then once they've got that down, they then spend another three or four months doing the rule book. Um, yeah. And it, and it, it, it just showed that it doesn't actually take that long. It does. And it doesn't, mm. it depends what you, what you consider a long time, but you know, most of these games, especially the, the, you know, these uh, specialist games, they within about a year or just a bit after they can have it knocked out really, you know, the rules yeah. and, and design. So, but then obviously the bigger games will take a lot longer as well. So, you know, it, it depends, but it just shows that a game can, can be out relatively quickly or it can take a long time. <laughs> I know that's yeah. a bit of a rubbish <laughs> answer, but it, it, it depends obviously what you're, what you're working on. Um, yeah. And also another thing he said again from, you know, as part of in being in the industry is when it comes to the, the models, because 
obviously someone I think asked this, said, would you recommend plastic or resin models? You know, you're designing your, your own game. What would you use? Obviously plastic is great if you've got the facilities, the warehouses, yeah. the, the factories yeah. to, to do it. Whereas obviously most people would use resin. And he was sort of saying from a time scale, because he used um, Blood Bowl as an example. Mm. So the, so when, Blood Bowl was getting its latest, you know, re, uh, relaunch. Basically, they were using resin models as the, you know, as the base for the designs. And that's often hap- what happens with GW stuff. They're made in resin first and then yeah. become plastic. And so say, you know, a model takes, I don't know, three months to design, uh, actually yeah. design the look of it and obviously design the different parts in resin. It takes another three months just to get it converted to plastic actually redesigning it to be in plastic like it's not a quick thing just you know so when they've got they've nailed that design like yeah we're happy with this all the team would be like yep yep we're 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 cool with that design that we'll go for that it's taken three months it like i said takes three months just to get it into plastic design you know so it's the same amount of time again so it just shows (laughs) that from you know from the perspective of how long models take to do you know, it's yeah. when we're saying, oh, yeah. why they've not released this? Why, why? Where's my this model? Where's my that model? It it takes months just <laughs> for basic stuff. I and mean, we're just talking one model design here, yeah. let alone a yeah. unit, let alone a, you know, a huge character piece as well. They take a long time to nail mm. down because it's not just actually designing the look of it. It's also designing the parts and how the parts yeah. are going to fit together on a sprue and, yeah. you know, interchangeable and stuff. There's a lot, a lot of time goes into that that I don't think a lot of people always appreciate, you know, that's why no. things take a long time. Um, but it was, it was a really good session overall. Um, I mean, I, I've barely scratched the surface. I just thought I'd reference some of the interesting, you know, um, Warhammer related stuff. Whereas obviously a lot of it was generic, uh, design. Cause it wasn't yeah. just targeted at Warhammer. It was, it was, uh, designs in general. Um, there's a follow-up session, which I'm attending in a few weeks time, which, uh, is about building the rule books. So yeah, yeah really good cool. really good fun yeah and you know awesome. anyone especially on our discord if you've got any other questions um about why what why what you know listen to then obviously hit me up and i'll answer anything else so uh so yeah that's been my hobby stuff it's been quite diverse this last month yeah and it's yeah. been good fun so um <laughs> my community highlight from the greater warhammer world I found recently, actually, and it's funny what you were saying earlier, Cameron, where you you take a note of all the thing, cool things you see through the month. I yeah. I do that, but then I forget to save them, and then I'm scrabbling uh. last minute, unfortunately. But um, <laughs> so that I found this uh, recently. So this is by uh, Bryn Roberts, uh, Bryn at Brinston on uh, on Twitter, where they've mm. done a a a Kratos Gargant. So Kratos from yeah. the God of War series. um they've taken (laughs) which the it's like the base of it is the um uh, what's the warrior one what's the that's it war stomper one that's it so he's obviously used that head and yeah painted in the colors of of kratos so that pale white skin with the uh with Mm. the uh the red tattoo marks down it um but what's what i really like about it because it works so well and he's he's given him a big badass axe on on his on his back but he's even done the um what's the name of those the 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 blades of chaos Chaos. that's it so yeah so even he's managed to model them love it i love it It it's such a such a cool crossover yeah it works so well as a as a piece you know yeah 
really, really cool. Oh, but, you know, Kratos is the son of the son of the Titan. So exactly. Exactly. It's it's very <laughs> thematic and and again it's it's a nice it's a nice sort of homage to obviously Kratos and God of War, but again mm. it looks like it would work you know it doesn't oh, stand yeah. out in, yeah. you know if you saw this on the tabletop you think yeah oh, that man. works it- whole whole tribe of gargants with the white ashy skin and like the red tattoos would be exactly. so cool as well exactly and uh, and, uh, and let's be honest having a model that big it, 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 they obviously made it so much easier to paint that as well when you're yeah. doing the free handing <laughs> tattoos oh yeah <laughs> and a lot I've of skin seen, helps. i've seen plenty of uh <laughs> plenty of blood reaver kratoses and uh, <laughs> bit much <laughs> <laughs> yeah i bet so yeah i'll um i'll share the link for that as well it's such a cool design um right uh let's finish up the hobby section with our discord highlights cameron who mm. is yours this month well um i want to give it i want to give a shout out to my initial pick who was zero spirit with his blood bowl bribe counters mm-hmm. uh we've had we've had a competition going on in discord which is the scrap heap challenge that's right. Uh, yep. Where get some get some random random trash bits and bash them together into something warhammery. Um, Zero Spirit, uh, delightfully so, uh, took the caps off of shaving razors and <laughs> added you know like little bits of offcut sprue and spare bits of ornamentation from Blood Bowl kits and some little some little goblins and stuff uh, to make a, essentially a series of. Uh, little rails that can be used to count bribes, uh, because that is how you get your re-rolls in Blood Bowl. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it was super cool and super practical. It was going to be my pick. And then uh, Skosh, uh, my German pronunciation is terrible, I'm sorry, uh, posted up a completed Orlock gang for Necromunda, and they look mm. great. I they love do. them. They're so good. Um, and everyone knows I'm a Necromunda whore. Uh, so... <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, uh, for zero, that has knocked him off the pedestal, but he still gets his honorable mention. I love you. Sam, right. Just, just those Orlocks. Oh, very good. <laughs> awesome. Very cool indeed. And, uh, my pick is, uh, Drenger 13. Apologies. That's not how it's pronounced. Um, where he's done Morty, uh, mm. and a very bright Morty. I think that's why it stood yes. out. Um, I mean, I'm always impressed with the paint jobs I see of Mortarian. Um, yeah. you know, I've seen, I've seen some amazing ones, especially at, at, um, Golden Demon as well, where they, you know, they do, yeah. <laughs> you know, butterfly eyes and wings yeah. and everything like that. Yeah. But I love what he's done with it, with Morty. Again, it's, it's just, I love the, the, the use of the colors in this, the, the blues go, mm. you know, going into greens. It's, it, it, what I like about Death Guard is how both the grim, dank, horrible darker colors work but also if you make them lovely and bright in my opinion it also works really well and that's sort of what he's done with mortarian where it's a Mm. you know in a in a sense especially with the wings it's you know using those bright greens and and yeah some of the lighter blues it just works so well i love it i'm so impressed with that it just stands out yeah, he actually inspired me a bit on my Mortarian. Um, ah. He's getting stripes of bright green on his wings. Yeah, there you um, go. Yeah, because, hey, you're right. Bright colors on Death Guard are super good. And um, <laughs> uh, particularly for, like, the demony units, I like that brighter green. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Oh, good job. Good job, everyone. Yeah, smashing it. Absolutely yeah, smashing everyone's it. Everyone's doing great jobs. It's hard to pick these things. <laughs> yeah, and a few more of the guys have appeared on the the war mm. community um twitch 
channel as well yeah, and the, yeah. the hobby roundups and such like so yeah we're people on here are smashing it out the park they yeah. really are so good job people good job so i think that is the end of the hobby section we're going to have our break now um and when we return and we return to the fridge of warhammer news we open it up and it's looking very full (laughs) (laughs) yes back soon hello we are back we are back to talk news like i said at the end of the hobby section the fridge is getting opened needs oiling by the sound of it <laughs> tell me cameron what am i seeing in this warhammer oh, fridge of news dear god there's a lot so we'll start with um we'll start with the we'll start with the top shelf 40k mm. vintage mm. um <laughs> <laughs> uh although to be fair i say we're starting with 40k we're technically starting with a system spanning monster uh, a creature of both the fantasy and the science fiction realm. Mm. Uh, it's everyone's favorite boy, Bellacor, mm. the first prince of K. Don't know why I went for an Italian accent there. Um, <laughs> it's a me, a back, baby, and dear God, is he a big boy uh, now? He's bloody massive. <laughs> he's He's like... Uh, Mortarian and Magnus sized, probably a little bigger, honestly. Um, yeah, he's he's large, he's in charge. Uh, this is all good, incidentally, mm. considering his current model is about the size of an aggressor. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he's definitely got a got a bit of a glow up on. Um, he yeah. looks incredible. Um, um, this this sort of, I mean, I'll talk about this a little more in AOS. This sort of cements him as a couple of things that have been hinted at. Uh, in AOS so far, but uh, here in 40k, he's managed to take down a mighty Primaris Lieutenant. Um, I, should, I actually really like the design cues here. Uh, you've got specific basing for either system, and you've got yep. specific uh, skull trophies for either system as well, because mm. uh, there's these chains spread across his wings with uh, skull-like trophies, and in the 40k version, he's got, you know, a skull with the Achilla on it, he's got an Orc skull, he's got a, a Primaris helmet, He's got a skull with bionics and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and in the Age of Sigma version, he obviously does not have these trappings. Um, he's so cool. He's so awesome. He's uh, He's terrifying. Um, <laughs> so, God, uh, they, they, they gave us a little sneak preview at his 40k rules. Um, what is it? He's minus one to be hit at range. He's minus one to be wounded all the time. Yeah. Or no, it's the other way around. Minus one to be wounded with ranged weapons. Minus one to be hit all the time. Um, if he stabs you with his sword, he does D three plus three damage, ignoring invulnerable saves. Uh, like, yeah, he, he's a monster. He's a tough boy. <laughs> yeah, he certainly had an upgrade. He, yeah. I, I I love this model. I am so impressed with this model. I love. Yeah. He's like he feels like he's eighty percent wings. He's got he's got a lot of wing going on here. It's uh, it's fantastic. I was so impressed with when I saw this model. I mean, I've always been a fan of Bellacor. Uh, obviously, we're fans of Bellacor. We covered Bellacor. If you want to know the lore about him, go in our back catalogue. I think it's around episode 50. We discussed his background from a, a uh, fantasy and uh, 40K perspective. So uh, that's quite appropriate too. So I like you said, I love the fact that they've, they've made it across both systems. Obviously, he can be off 
of both anyway, even with his old form. But I like the fact they made it, like I said, specific for them, um, which is sort of like a, a bit of a homage to the current Demon Prince kit. So basically, if you get the current Demon Prince kit, you you can make a 40k demon prince you know with sort of a more of a futuristic armor and and things like that or you can make them a bit old school you know so it sort of feels like it's a a more extreme version of that and i like it i like the fact that they've 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 created that and also his base you know whether you you stick with having the primaris lieutenant on there or obviously depends if it's the the uh the aos version but you've got loads of room to do what you want at at the bottom of that base if you want to put something else down there you've got the room I mean, actually, talking about his base, how how big do you think that base is? Like, 100? 120? Yeah, I think he's probably 120 on the base. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say that. He's a big boy. Because I think boy. we... Because I think, what he's, what's he on now? A 60? Because he... Yeah, he'd be on a no, normal... No, he's on like a 40 or a 50 now, I think. He, oh, he's he? tiny. He's absolutely minuscule currently. Yeah. Okay, uh, fair enough. Yeah. Um... I'm really interested to see if he is the first new Supreme Commander unit that we get, um, or after Zarek, I guess. Mm. Um, because A, he's a very big boy, uh, B, he's a Chaos Undivided boy, and um, C, he looks like he belongs in a Lord of War detachment, honestly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, it'd be interesting to see him as, like, as the Primarch role for Chaos Demons in 40k. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that that's a, actually yeah, that's a good way of looking at it, actually. Um, he is he is actually on sixty at the moment. Oh, still. really? Yeah, okay. I thought he was because he's normal. He's Demon Prince size, which is a sixty. But Ooh. yeah, he's no longer available online, so we may see him. You know, relatively soon, soon, actually. Hopefully, relatively soon. Yes. Mm. Um. Yeah. Well, moving on to more things we will probably see quite soon. Mm. Uh, the Adeptus Mechanicus are getting a codex with the most baller art on the cover. <laughs> That, <laughs> yeah, that cover is insane. I love it's it. Brilliant. It looks great. Um, and as part of this, they're getting their minimum of one model per codex release. Hooray! Yay! Um, we are getting the Skatari Marshal, uh, who's mm. essentially a big, beefy Skatari with a command rod. Um, they teased us in the video, thought about putting a thunder hammer on him, but they didn't. I say that's <laughs> a shame. Um, but he looks really cool. Um, it's interesting to see a more martial HQ choice for Adeptus Mechanicus, because, you know, traditionally it's the tech priests who, I mean, they can fight, but their big thing is usually shooting and buffing up other troops and things. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, he looks like a peacock more. for, for Admech. He he's, sort of, <laughs> yeah. you know, he, he's, he's ha- happily showing off his headpiece there. Whereas obviously with mm. the rest of them, you know, often wearing hoods and things, he's sort of, yeah, he, he knows his place here. Nothing's being hidden yeah. with this guy. No, absolutely. Good, good model. Good model. Yeah, yeah. It's nice. It's sort of taking design cues from like the Tempestos Scion Commander and stuff like that, just in pose. Again, the the, the authority stick. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty cool. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, more Imperium stuff. Uh, as Space Marines get their fancy new floaty tanks, uh, the ground tanks become ancient relics of the bygone past, and so the Adeptus Oratus jump on them and make them theirs. <laughs> uh, we're getting the Adeptus Oratus Castigator, which is a Sisters of Battle Predator, basically. Yep. Um, it looks really cool. Uh, having worked with the, the Exorcist kit, it's pretty, it's a pretty neat kit. I'm, I look forward to seeing how this one works in terms of, like, are you able to angle the turret and stuff uh 
a lot of heavy bolters and a big cannon. Uh, can't say yeah. can't say they're going wrong with that. <laughs> <laughs> it's lovely. I think it's it's the nice kind of busy where mm, there's plenty of detail yeah. on it, but it's not crazy. You know, it's sort of that mm. again that nice balance. It's it's effectively a sister's predator, isn't it? So yeah, it, it but it's nice though. It's it, I I do you know I do like this sort of design. It's like when we when they revealed the gladiator for the space yeah. Marines, I was happy with that. Cause obviously I, I, I was never a fan of the repulsor and the executioner. I thought it was a bit too mm. busy. Whereas this, yeah. yeah, I do like this one. It's a it's a nice sort of balance. And yeah, like you said, it'd be interesting to see how they do, how they do with this kit. You know, uh, it, I mean, obviously it's based on the Rhino chassis, um, but it's the way it's done. looks like it's a new kit. Like they're not just taking yeah. the Rhino and adding bits to it. It looks like they've done it from scratch from what yeah. I can tell anyway. Yeah. Yeah, all all the sisters' uh, tanks are separate kits at the moment. I don't see them bucking that trend. Yeah, um, I agree. Well, although, you know, you never know. They might come out and have a slightly more expensive kit that has more than one option in it. We'll see. Um, yeah. It's a possibility. It's probably just going to be its own box. That's fine. <laughs> um, now, for the really exciting news, uh, I think we're getting an Orc range refresh coming up. I know. Sometime. I didn't see this coming. I did not. Um, uh, The Beast Snagger are the ones that have been officially revealed, which appear to be this sort of subculture of orcs, because, you know, they say whichever clan they're in, they're the biggest and the strongest. Mm -hmm. Um, These are the orcs who live live hard and fast, and uh, presumably lots of them die being eaten by squigs or run over by squigs or drowning (laughs) in squig shit. Um, <laughs> uh, but, uh, the official model reveal is an orc and his friendly little Gretchen, uh, riding a squig hog, I believe is what they call it, mm-hmm. uh, which is a four hoofed squig with a big porky nose. And it, it's so cool. Uh, I really love it. Um, it's super exciting because also the lead up for the trailer, you know, like there's potentially an, an updated boys kit coming, potentially yeah. an updated mega boss. Um, definitely at least there's, there's at least one other unit, uh, because the previews for Orc so far has shown as like, you know, a shooter and an ax, uh, yep. neither of which are on this model. So we're going to, we're going to get squig hog riders. We're going to get some kind of lieutenant style Orc knob, big knob. Maybe, I don't know if they want to go a little crude on it. <laughs> um, <laughs> and hopefully, hopefully plastic boss kits, uh, mega boss kits would be great. Um, in the art, in the trailer, there is like a, a a tank being pulled by a squig, and I really want that. I mm. want like the squig hog chariot. <laughs> I, it's, I said, I, I think I'm just surprised. Like I said that they mm. they've had what's potentially looking to be something quite meaty, you know. Because like yeah. I said, I, I you know, I mean, I know we could all have different of, of opinions on what rangers need a refresh and what don't. Um, I know orcs need a, a little bit of one, but I I didn't think mm. it would be something like this. To be honest, I didn't no, think they're in yeah. a bad position. I know they've got a few units which are, are very much out of date, but I I feel mm. like you know you and I have on this show have discussed some of the forty k ranges before and decided what we felt was in need of love and what didn't. Um, and I think yeah, I I just didn't think you know especially with the fact that they had the the um, the speed freak stuff yeah. not that long ago, and they've obviously yeah. had uh, Gazkul you know, mm. recently as well. I, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm so pleased for, 
the orcs that they've got this update coming yeah. and obviously this could be quite big i see yeah, not just this yeah. one kit we could have a lot of kits come from this as well mm. um so yeah i'm just surprised i'm surprised but <laughs> a good surprise and yeah I, I, again yeah. it just shows that xenoths are getting love as well as obviously uh, yeah yeah space marines as well yes which is nice to see yeah. um it's also the kind of energy i want in 40k is um cowboy orcs like yeah we had that we had that big discussion i think on the waffle like 40k is as open in its potential design space as age of sigma is but the yeah. the choices for releases tend to be a bit more conservative yeah. whereas in age of sigma they go literally hog wild in the case of the orcs <laughs> Uh, and yeah. we're getting a little bit of that here. This is mm. not something you expect. It's not something I expected. I don't think no. it's something anyone expected. No. Um, now, to be fair, it doesn't seem to be a snake bite specific release, which is, you know, the orc tribe, uh, the orc clan that eschews technology and all that. But mm-hmm. it is certainly very snake bite themed. And I think this mm. could add a lot of interest to the orc range overall. Um, and, you know, Bode's big nice interesting changes for their codex which is awesome um it'll come soon ish hopefully yeah well <laughs> you can see it going alongside it i think that's sort of the way they seem to be doing things and i i mm. think it it has the potential i presume that we've seen with some of the other 40k army especially with having you know multiple detachments where it, you could potentially have these as a, a detachment of mm. beast snaggers you know where you can run them alongside your main clan and, yeah. and you know of, of yeah. your normal stuff your your boys oh, etc so yeah beautiful. i think it's a lot of potential there definitely yeah absolutely um okay uh so conquest has had its time it was very popular so naturally yeah. uh lightning strikes twice uh wherever there is money to be made and <laughs> imperium is the next big thing uh it's uh now correct me if i'm wrong it is necrons versus uh imperium in general if i'm correct yeah. in this set yeah yeah it's yeah it's basically what you'd seen off uh off indomitus it's obviously a lot of the models that are going to be from that but not all of them from what mm. we've seen in the in the sort of photos but yeah it's predominantly all the necron stuff uh and the imperial side is obviously mainly primaris but you, you see some odd things as sisters in there there's admech in there as well yeah. uh gilliman's in there yeah at some point yeah cheap bobby g is gonna flood the internet exactly i mean these (laughs) magazines whether it's conquest or mortal realms because mortal realms is still Mm. going from the aos side and i'm sure that'll have a sequel (laughs) at some point as well yeah Yeah. when especially when aos 3 comes out and it it, you know it depends obviously what uh what interests you and obviously depends obviously what country you're in because obviously at the moment it, Mm. it always starts with the uk and then it it sort of branches out from there uh, I mean, what I've done with especially Mortal Realms is you, you know, just subscribing maybe the way forward with these magazines. Obviously, that's how you get them every week. But uh, if you pick and choose, you can find some real bargains. Yeah, you know, it's, oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, they they tend to be set what seven ninety nine over here. I think they're going up mm. to like eight ninety nine. But you know, you can for eight nine quid, you can get some quite tasty kits and expensive yeah. kits. You know, for, yeah, yeah, absolutely. For it, so it's it's never a bad thing. The, always, no. the, the issue is always um, availability and scarcity, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as you'll find. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, uh, so it'll be interesting to see if I can nab some cheap uh, Realm Runers off people <laughs> yeah. buying that. Um, now we get, we get into the weird stuff. Um, there is a crossover happening 
between Warhammer 40,000 and Magic the Gathering, of all things. Mm. Um, mm. Again, things people did not predict but are happening. When is the 40K movie coming? It's clearly got to be in the works if we're getting <laughs> a, a freaking magic set yeah. of all things. Um, I believe these are like full decks where the commanders are themed 40k or something i i, I didn't think so i don't I've know not... how magic works anymore so <laughs> <laughs> um i'll be honest i've not paid that much attention to it i mean i used to play magic and some of the guys on our discord play a lot of magic mm. so uh i think it's it's a theme that magic has been doing with other franchises we've seen a lot yeah. of like well, there's been a there was a godzilla one with magic yeah, recently yeah, you know so I, I presume it's taking they're that same sort of thing that they're doing and it's cool mm. i mean i suppose like a lot of things it depends if you're into both of these things and a lot of people are that's a good thing warhammer and card games do sort of seem to you know people yeah. going hand in hand so yeah i i think you know it's cool i, I mean yeah. yeah you know it depends which way you look at it but i think what i like is it it gets it out there as in gets um mm. warhammer out there to be honest because if you know like you were saying about the movie or a movie or Mm. anything like that and obviously we're going to talk about animation in a minute (laughs) (laughs) uh you know for warhammer to be this juggernaut like an even bigger juggernaut which it you know already is at the moment is it needs to get into the the everyday market you know and and dipping in other you know other pools and fingers in pies and this is just another one i see you know it's it's like There's going to be a lot of magic players that you know will know what Warhammer is, and if it tempts them, yeah, you know, it, there's more people in the hobby. hobby. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I do like that. I'm pretty sure this means canonically there is one Inquisitor who is trying to figure out where all these planeswalkers keep popping up from, and I think that's funny. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. You know, just like oh, we were we were investigating this uh, world. There was a heretic, and suddenly he raised his hands, and a bunch of cat people made out of metal appeared, and also a goblin who was on fire. Uh, we got to figure this out. Um, <laughs> Chaos. <laughs> Chaos. <laughs> um, and now. The I would say this is the really really big 40k news um, is Warhammer animation. First off, we've gotten some some screens and some descriptions of some of the upcoming. Uh, there's that episodic episodic series, which is Hammer and Bolter, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Um, right. We've yep. gotten some some descriptions and some, some screens of upcoming episodes from that. It looks cool. It looks interesting. I look forward to watching it. And also, <laughs> Games Workshop has acquired. Like, what a half dozen uh, independent animators who have been making fan content. Uh, for example, yeah. the creator of Astartes is now officially working for Games Workshop. That's right. Uh, the creators for a whole bunch of other things working for Games Workshop. Uh, if you've seen the the teaser for the Exodite, that Tau focused animation, that's now a Games Workshop licensed product. Yeah, this is not what I expected to happen when Games Workshop opened up their own animation studio, but um. <laughs> I, I guess it's a good way to find people who are passionate and uh, want to work in the setting. So it yeah. kind of makes sense. I, I think I think it makes a lot of sense because it's the best of both, really, because obviously, you know, if you're an animator or any creator in, mm. in that's doing fan fiction, you know, ultimately, wouldn't you want to work for the, oh, yeah. the company that produces it? I mean, I know, yeah. obviously, you it's pros and cons because obviously they will then become involved in the production of it as well. And obviously may, you, you know, you lose that freedom in a sense, but then, but then you're dealing with IPs and licenses. Whereas 
it's always a bit of a gray area when you're working on fan fiction and, and yeah. things. Obviously, it's got a li- it's always going to have a slight limited audience. It's obviously going to be a struggle because it's not officially canon and you know and all those other things. Whereas if you can work with, in this case, GW, but it'd be the same. Obviously, if it was another situation where yeah, you you get to team up and it it, it makes sense because from GW's perspective as well because. For two, for two main reasons, I think, is obviously mm. you don't have to go all corporate on these people and go, right, we're shutting, yeah. you know, we're shutting you down, you're going to infringe mm. on our IP, you know, so, which is not going to go down well, especially with ones like Astartes and things like yeah. that, who obviously get yeah. becoming very well known. Like I said, if they get shut down, you know, with the, with the, the GW hammer, it's, it, it, it's not, not nice, it's look. a bad... It's not a good look, exactly. We've been there in the past with Games Workshop as well, with like things like the chapter house suits and stuff like that. Exactly. And even in that case, that was like directly infringing on their Mm -hmm. thing they do, which is making models. Whereas this is, Astartes has done nothing but promote Warhammer. Exactly. When the channel got hacked, was that a year ago or something? Something like that. Yeah. People found out about Warhammer 40k from that than from (laughs) any other thing Games Workshop officially released. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. I, it, yeah, it makes sense, and and also from uh, the other thing for GW as well as like I said, not having to avoid the, you know, being harsh with them is also the fact you've found people to to do it with. Because obviously, if you you know, mm. if it was the other way around where GW are wanting to you know do these animations, they've got to then find animators and try yeah. and yeah, and they, you may find animators, but then they're not familiar with forty k or whatever. Yeah. Whereas you've got the be- you know you've got the the right combination. You've got someone who obviously can animate. Mm. They may not have the resources uh, to to do it to a certain level. Whereas now they have got the resources potentially with GW behind them. But also they've got the mm. passion. They've got the interest because they've done yeah. it off their own back. They've not been employed yeah. to do it. They were doing mm. it anyway, and you've now got them on board. So it, yeah, I think nothing mm. but good can come from this. I think it's the right yeah. way to do it, and I I applaud GW for for doing this not just shutting mm. them down and brushing them yeah. under the carpet oh, yeah. and gone no well, let's let's you know let's embrace them let's work together and mm. um you know make a good thing yeah. out of it hopefully uh yeah and now we don't know exactly how to watch their upcoming projects but we've been told to have a my warhammer account ready mm. here's, here's big brain prediction time games workshop okay. is making their own streaming service mm-hmm. i think you're right like yeah yeah hey i'll pay five bucks a month if they can put out cool shows every month mm. i'll take it oh hell yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah i think it'll be i think you're right i think it'll be it'll be a streaming thing because that seems the logical way you know that's mm. the way things are working these days and i just i think the only thing i care about in one sense of it is as long as the content is consistent you know mm. if you're yeah. going to start if it's going to be a thing that you know like send mm. a monthly subscription you want to make sure there's enough to make it worthwhile. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. Like they, yeah. Which they sort of are, because as we're seeing with all these different things, there's obviously a lot of creators. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Then that's what we want. We need, you know, you don't want to sort of sign up and there's like, right, there's two episodes <laughs> on the, of this and that's it. And you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But we'll yeah, see. I mean, again, we'll see relatively soon, hopefully. All right. Mm. We leave the world of cold metal and bionics behind and cross yes. over the realm spheres into Age of Sigma. Mm. Um, it's been an absolute metric ton of news. Um, <laughs> there were there were two big reveal streams this month. The first one was mostly Age of Sigma. The second one was like yep. a 50-50 split. Um, yep. 
So, uh, more Lumineth are coming. <laughs> <laughs> did you, hey, did you wonder why one of the command abilities in the first Lumineth battle tome only worked on one unit in one very specific situation and had no flexibility, despite being written as a very flexible command ability? Turns <laughs> out, uh, another literally double the amount of units are about to happen. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, so we we saw the Venari Blade Lords, who are sword masters, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. They look very cool. They've got the, the samurai-esque back banners. The unit leader appears to dual-wield greatswords, which I'm into. Um, <laughs> again, and um, the, this is, this is um, the Venari stuff is like the high elf aesthetic, much more toned down, less insane Lumineth stuff. Um, the Venari Starshard Ballista is essentially your high elf bolt thrower. That's right, um, yep. Looking pretty cool. I will always support weapon teams in Age of Sigma because I love that mm. holdover from fantasy. It's so good. Totally um, agree. And then we have the Shrine Luminor, the world's most kick-ass piece of terrain. <laughs> so good at it. Floating island shrine with like a waterfall and pools underneath it. It's it's incredible. Um, we're all on stream. That that showed up and everyone went, oh. <laughs> Everyone wants that just to have on the table. Yeah, that's it. So I can good. see a lot of people buying it just, like you said, for the tabletop, putting aside whether they collect mm. Lumineth or not. It is gorgeous. And again, yeah. and what I like about it is it feels very, very AOS as well, because obviously, yeah. you know, some of the other terrain is just generic terrain. And obviously the good thing is with AOS and the Mortal Realms is you've got your, your bog standard towns that would be straight mm. out of the old world. And then you've got, you know, the weird wacky stuff that, yeah. you know, in the realms. And I, I love the fact that they, they, they're going to do stuff like this. Cause it, yeah, it'd just be a, mm. such a awesome thing to have on your table. Yeah. It's absolutely gorgeous. Uh, we got to see hurricane, the spirit of the wind. This is the generic, uh, wind spirit, like the Alrith are uh, the generic mountain spirit. Uh, it's a big Kitsune fox goat thing with a bow. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, it's less cool than the special named one. Uh, the seventh wind, um, but I like it. It's neat. Uh, <laughs> um, and then we have Elia, Elania and Elathor, the chosen twins. And this, mm. I love the design. This model will snap in half at the slightest provocation. <laughs> <Yep>. Um, <laughs> it is a, it is a male elf standing firm on his base with a big sword and then a female elf with a, um, with a staff and I believe a familiar of some kind standing on top of his head crest in like a dancing position. Um, yeah. Yeah. Gorgeous model, frail model. <laughs> yeah. It's, I, I'm I, like, I'm wincing just looking at the photo of it now at the moment. <laughs> it's, it's very much like uh, Celeste from the head of Knights. Yeah. That's that twin model. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it looks very cool and, yeah, it's a little owl familiar she's got there yeah. as well. So yeah, yeah, it's yeah, very cool. I mean, mm. but then I just feel with all the luminous stuff, I just wouldn't. I'd be holding my breath all the time. I'd be, oh yeah, like, oh yeah, don't breathe. Yeah. So they'll snap. <laughs> it's all no. so fragile God. looking. <laughs> yeah. Um. And the lore implications here are really interesting. Apparently, these are Tyrion and Teclas's favorite pupils, mm. uh, which I think is cool. As a, again, a pair of twins. Uh, representing the aspects of the sun and the moon, et cetera, et cetera. Yep. Um, and, hey, Tyrion is alive, apparently. He's mm -hmm. teaching someone how to use a sword, at least. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I'm, I must admit, I'm looking forward to reading the lore from these mm. new units. I, like, you know, oh, yeah. I know we're repeating ourselves, but we, you know, you and I, 
really well we really enjoyed the battle time i think that was one of our yeah. like a really good one to 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 read because it was just more it was more interesting than i thought it was going to be yeah. in yeah. the end and so mm. i think you know similar to what we've seen with the header knights where obviously the header knight mortal units of you know coming in obviously we'll be uh, discussing the lore of those eventually and yeah mm. i think i'm just really excited to see what the background and how it all ties together uh with all this as well um i yeah, yeah i i'm just i mean it, what you what, what's your take on this sort of um staggered approach with the luminath because obviously we, we know the battle tome is going yeah. to be uh coming out with this and well, an updated battle tome which yeah. from memory the new stuff is going to be in broken realms techless and yeah. Yeah. so effectively if you've got the old battle tome you just need to get broken realms techless which obviously you're probably going to do anyway or good chance you yeah. would whereas yeah. obviously if you don't have the old battle tome then it will all be yeah, together the in battle. the new one yeah yeah which is not as bitter a pill as here's a brand new battle tome and an expansion in broken realms techless so fortunately mm-hmm. they didn't do that um i think the staggered release would be fine if we had the original timetable this was all planned out for yeah because Lumnath initial release was delayed because of the pandemic and now they have all this stuff ready and it's entirely possible they're releasing it early because stuff that they were planning to release around now is instead still stuck in production hell or stuck in printing hell or whatever yeah. because again COVID has completely messed up games workshops operations it's messed up Definitely. everyone's operations globally um and the end result is the unfortunate thing of an army releases and about a year later, the second half, as it were, of the army releases. Whereas I feel if we had a proper timeline, it would be like a year and a half, maybe even two years before these came. Because like the original Lumineth release was small, but it was like focused. It it worked as an army. It was fun to play. Yeah. Yeah. Least, as far as I heard from everyone who's been playing them. Um, and this, this feels like that couple of years on big splash expansion has just mm. been you know, the initial release was delayed and also this one was slightly rushed and now it's ended up where, and also, you know, no one's really had a chance to play in person. Um, That's so, yeah. <laughs> kind yeah. of exacerbating this. If it had been a normal year and people had been playing with their Lumineth, you know, every week or every month or whatever, wouldn't feel so rough around the edges. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, it it is what it is. We can't change this. We can, we can email Games Workshop and go, hey, maybe don't do this in future. Um, but, I don't know how much effect that'll have. Um, I think it's all right, mostly because you don't have to buy a brand new battle tome if you've got mm. the old one. Like, yeah, Broken Realms Techless, I'm going to get for the lore. Like, I don't yes. actually play Lumineth, but I have the Lumineth battle, t- battle tome. I'm going to get Broken Realms Techless. Same. I'm kind of yeah. assuming the Lumineth expansion in it is just the rules for these and the lore for all of these. As as opposed to like um, Broken Realms Marathi, where every single um, faction in it got like a rules expansion. Um, feeling like the the Lumineth side is just going to be, and here's all these brand new units that participated in this campaign. Um, because otherwise, if you buy the new one, you should probably also buy Broken Realms Techless, and I don't. Know, it feels a little. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I well we'll, we'll find see. out soon. I suppose because yeah, obviously we enough. know we know that I mean today's the twenty first of March when we're recording this one and we found out yeah. yesterday that next weekend, which will be you know around the time you would be listening to this, the that it'll got the um, 
Broken Realms Techless will go up for pre-order. So we'll yeah. find out exactly what's in there. And I, you're, you're right. I think that they've, they, I don't think they ever intended this to happen. It just doesn't make any sense that no. they would do it, this launch with, you know, new battle tome, a full army in effect. Cause also we didn't know about these. So in, in, we just looked at the, at the initial, initial, lumineth release and think oh okay they're a bit bare bones but they're, they're okay because we've seen it with others we've seen it we saw it with mm. the deepkin when you look yeah, at it their, yeah. their range of models is not far different to the original lumineth as in from a, a you know yeah. how much they've got there so the fact they've done it this well, what feels so soon afterwards uh mm. yeah suggests that they like you said it's there's been squeezing both ends it, you know one was yeah. delayed and this one's they've had to obviously think you know what we need this one coming out quicker than we anticipated yeah. because there's other stuff down the line. It's just, it's the way it is. And, you know, I know I, 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 I get it, you know, from a Lumineth player, if you sort of think, Oh, another book, another battle time. I get that. I sort of, but I can't see it. There's not much way around it. I don't think, but yeah. the way you got to look at it is look at all these awesome new models you've now got in your range, mm. you know, cause obviously yeah. for a lot of Lumineth players, you would have got that initial stuff that was out mm. when, in the first battle time and just think, okay, I'm happy with this stuff. And you, and you probably thought that is where it will end. You know, we may see a new model in four years time, you know, when they add an, an extra model, but this is like a, a whole part too. <laughs> you know, yeah, they're getting a, a yeah. load of new stuff. So I would be happy. You know, I would, mm. I would take the hit on having to buy another book to have all these cool new models as well. Because yeah. if you, you know, if you think about it, how many people are into a certain army and craving more models? I mean, like I said, use my example a minute mm. ago, it'd be the same with the Deepkin. Deepkin models all look really cool, but you're probably thinking, well, I could do with a bit more now. You know, we need a yeah. few more units yeah. just to, you know, bulk the range out. So you'd be, you know, if they said, all right, we join a new battle time as well. Like, yes, I'll take both, please. <laughs> you know, just to get yeah. the new units. Yeah, exactly. It, it's a funny yeah. one. It's, it's it not, is, it not as intended. Is. Yeah. No, exactly. we'll, we'll see how it goes in a week. Um, yes. Moving on. There might be a new Nighthaunt battle tome coming because there's a new Nighthaunt model coming. It's the Cruel Ghast Cruciator. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is a, is a mouthful. Um, this is like uh, this is torture ghost, torture ghost on steroids. <laughs> um, it's on this big like bracket. It's literally chained to. It's got its both arms are manacled to the same chain, so it can only manipulate one arm so high and the other arm so low. Um, it looks really cool. It looks a little frail, but it is a Nighthaunt model. I'm kind of used to that. Um, <laughs> exactly, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I kind of hope it opens up a, a new Nighthaunt battle tome because they they were, like, beginning of second edition. They kind of need it at this point. That That's a battle tome that would not be too soon. Um, <laughs> no, no. I, I, I think there's a lot of Nighthaunt players out there that we agree with you, Cameron. <laughs> yeah. Um, now... This was the really exciting model reveal for me. This is a model I'm going to absolutely get. Goddess Steel Soul is getting yes. his own model, and presumably because AOS is good, there's his own special rules and everything. Mm-hmm. Absolutely awesome. Cracking. It, it is exactly his cover out of him in like the superhero landing pose with the hammer cape flaring up. It's so good. <laughs> really is good. I, I, I was so happy. I mean, we, we, I remember the week leading up to this, obviously they showed the silhouette and obviously a lot, someone suggested mm. it was Gardas and, and then everyone's eyes <laughs> got wider <laughs> at that point. Like, Ooh, 
goddess. <laughs> and obviously, we're God big damn. fans of of this uh, these novels as well. So yeah, I think you know mm. both of us were over the moon with this uh, this yeah. release coming up. And yeah, they they've captured him so well. And and I, I'm going to be controversial here. I actually prefer him without his helmet. You know, as someone that always he, he prefers really the helmet option, it. I think he looks really good. And I think yeah. considering it's based on the art, because um, looking at him with with his helmet, it doesn't really mm. have quite the same effect. I think. No, if I ever got yeah. him, I would have I would have him helmetless. I think. Yeah, I, I would agree on that honestly. Like, Goddess is not just any character. Goddess is a very well-rounded, very well-loved character. It makes sense to have him actually stand out. Yeah, and you know, also he's a, he's a stormcast. He can have his helmet off, and if he gets shot, he gets shot. He'll be back. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good thing about stormcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's nice. Now. The big exciting reveal from last mm. night is the Soul Blight Grave Lords. Um, <laughs> noun verb something, uh, noun verb noun lords appear again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this was so cool. Um, I was I was recording another podcast and just constantly checking back on our Discord and going, ooh, ah, yeah, ooh, <laughs> quite lovely. Um, this is Vampire Counts uh, Remastered Edition, essentially. Mm. Um, yep. Hey, this is just fuel for the fire of my theory that a lot of the upcoming Age of Sigmar armies are in fact meant to do double duty between Age of Sigmar and um, the Old World. Yeah. Because aesthetically, this is reined in enough that it fits perfectly, I think. Mm. Um, yeah. Uh, so we'll start off. Uh, the one everyone really wanted was Blood Knights. We have Blood Knights. We do. They look awesome. Um, we have <laughs> a mi- we so. have a mixed gender unit of blood li- blood knights, which is nice. Vampires, yeah, don't discriminate. Definitely. I yep. mean, the first vampire was a woman. How can you discriminate? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, they look they look really great. I'm not sure if the horses are alive or not because they have like the skeleton heads, but then like the fleshy legs, mm. um, which is a bit of an interesting design choice. But otherwise, it's that same sort of sloped, curved armor with the spikes that we both like in Dark Elder. Um, yep. <laughs> and but it's in red, so it's even better. Um yeah. they've got an awesome <laughs> banner. They they're great, I love them. Yeah. They're they're Can't exactly fault. what I wanted. Yeah. Like it's just it's just updated Blood Knights. They look good. They might yeah. be cheaper. They might be well, cheaper. They hopefully <laughs> should be. Well that's it. So that was always the controversy <laughs> with the old unit, obviously being so expensive for what mm. they are, where obviously most uh most cavalry units of you know, five putting aside the Varangard, they always tend to be yeah. around, I don't know, thirty five pounds over here, whereas the Blood Knights were like sixty pounds. And it's oh just, yeah. Yeah. It's they just crazy. Expensive. You know, whereas yeah. th- these are lovely. They're that lovely balance, like we've said before, when they update models where they've just they like you said, they've just updated them. They've not gone, let's make them completely different again and obviously lose that yeah. loveliness that of them in the first place. They've kept mm. them how how they used to be. They've just made them nicer. They're in plastic. And yeah, they just look gorgeous. Yeah, absolutely gorgeous. Um, now, also, I should I should point out these uh, the Soul Blight Grave Lords are completely tied into the Cursed City release, which is coming soon. TM, when's mm-hmm. it coming? I want to buy it uh, because <laughs> the Death Rattle skeletons are getting a complete update uh, updated kit, and this essentially aesthetically ties them in with the skeleton guards from Cursed City. They've got the same style of armor. They've got, you know, the same style of weapons. They look, I mean, they are still generic skeletons, but they are generic skeletons with, like, a locational aesthetic, kind of that, um, you know, Russian, Eastern European medieval armor style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
which is nice. Like the current skeleton kit is nice, uh, but it is like Jason and the Argonauts level generic skeletons. <laughs> Whereas these feel like fantasy Warhammer-y, but still like still just skeletons. You can paint a million of them; it won't break your mind. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, another big horde unit, the Dead Walker Zombies, are getting a complete update to have actual human proportions. And again, tie in with the uh, with the Curse City ones. Now the Curse City ones all have like the tombstone state to them, and just a couple in these have, which I think if you mix them all together, they'll look great. Mm-hmm. You know, about half of them all have these tombstones staked to their back. The rest all um, we get like the ones leaning on a shovel, or my personal favorite, man with hatchet in head. <laughs> Big fan. Um. On the Age of Sigma subreddit, there was a post with like all of the numbers said, "How do you feel this morning?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> one to ten. Yeah. Which are you? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they look really good. Can't complain. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, we then update. Uh, this might be. I said Bellacore was the biggest glow up. This might be the most detailed glow up. Uh, the White King on skeletal steeds mm. been updated from. To be fair, I actually really love the old White King on Skeletal Steed. It has, like, that super early Warhammer Fantasy classic appeal to me. It does, yeah. It's gorgeous in its own terrible, deformed way. Um, But this updated White King on Skeletal Steed is, like, he looks like he could challenge one of the the Bone Reaper mounted lieutenant guys and (laughs) have have at least a chance, you know? Yeah. Again, it's just that super classic Vampire Counts aesthetic, uh, leaning more heavily on, like, the old corroded armor because White King, that kind of thing. Um, It's just all good. Um, This was from the initial reveal stream, and everyone from the silhouette thought he was going to be a Blood Knight. But it turns out he's coming with Blood Knight, so I guess that's okay. Yeah, everyone's (laughs) happy. (laughs) Yeah, everyone's happy. It's good. Um really, really tying the line into the Cursed City is Kritza, the Rat Prince. Mm. Uh, this is a named vampire character. From this, I'm also going to assume that the uh, the big bad guy vampire from Cursed City is going to be a named special character you can use in Age of Sigma. Yeah, makes sense. So. Um, so Kritza was actually a human noble from Ulfenkan, uh, the city that that particular vampire lord took over. And when he attempted to stab him in the back and wrest control of the city from him, uh, he was bitten by a vampire, tossed in a, you know, you know, drained of his blood, tossed in a corpse cart, and, you know, taken out of the city limits to be raised as a dead walker. Uh, but he actually survived. A little spark of vampirism awoke in him, and he sucked the rats on the cart dry to, you know, survive, and he became a rat vampire. Um, <laughs> so we have we have a wolfy vampire in the terms of um, big man, not quite an ogre, but kind of an ogre. I forget his name. Uh, Rad something? Radokar. Yeah, that was it. can't remember. Yeah, yep, Radokar. Yep. Yeah, um, and now we have the rat lineage vampire with Kritza. Like, he's got this, he's super tall and thin. He's got this sort of pointed, mousy face. He looks very refined and noble. He has this long uh, Ivrain-style cape with a bunch of rat tails coming out the back because he can turn into a swarm of rats at will, which is freaky. Um, Handy. Yeah, handy, freaky. Uh, I I really like we're leaning into not just classic Warhammer vampires, but classic vampires in general, like, you know, associations with wolves and rats, not just bats, that kind of thing. Uh, And it looks like we're setting up a bunch of different bloodlines, which is great, because, like, 
I loved that with Warhammer Fantasy's vampire counts, like, you know, the Von Karsteins and the Lamians and all that. Super cool. Definitely. Yeah. Um, fell bats have been updated, so now we have big bats that don't look goofy at all. They look really scary, actually. <laughs> Pretty much. great. They're, 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 they're creepy motherfuckers. Um, and, of course, we're getting a battle tome soon. Yeah. Um, incredible. Big death update. Um, word word is out. Uh, people are guessing that this might be replacing Legions of Nagash as the sort of generic death because it has skeletons and zombies. And if it's really like old school uh, vampire counts, you might be able to throw some Nighthaunt in there. Mm-hmm. Like we'll see. Well, it'd be, it'd, be, it'd be interesting if they take the same approach they took with uh, Bone Reapers of putting the gash in the tome as well. So it'd be mm. interesting to see if you know they sneak him in in some capacity. Maybe <laughs> not. I'm not saying he, Maybe obviously not. he's got less. He's got less reason to be in there compared mm. to the Bone Reapers. But yeah, they, like I said, if they f- decide to fully get rid of legions because they you know realize that this is the way they want them to be then yeah or at least yeah. they, they may just give him some rules to fit him in there i don't know we'll see yeah we'll see, we'll see soon we'll see. like you said yes we'll Our see battle very soon. not far off all right and now uh this broken realm series that's going on a bit you know we've had marathi we're about to have teclas and we knew yep. we know now that bellacore is coming he's the third yes book. Now, uh, in Broken Realms Marathi, there was a lot of speculation. There was a shadowy, winged, like, clawed figure that everyone thought was a vampire helping out a particular Stormcast in the story. Turns out, no, that's probably Bellacore. Um, <laughs> he's, he's doing... He's up to something. He's up to no good, that Bellacore. <laughs> um, yeah, again, super excited to read this. Super excited to know what's going on with Bellacore. But it's not actually the thing I'm most excited for in Broken Realms anymore. <laughs> Uh, because we got the world's shortest teaser. It was a tease, tease of a teaser, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Broken Realms Kragnos is coming. Who? <laughs> That's a name that, as far as I'm aware, and as far as I've been able to find out, does not reference anything at all. No. Um, this appears to be a completely brand new thing. This is a new god. Yeah. Who, my best guess is, uh, from the short tease, it's like a big centaur guy with a massive shield with lots of mm-hmm. little shields hanging off the bottom, which is a rumor engine, which means this guy is like the size of a mega gargant, yeah. incidentally. <laughs> He's huge. Uh, just like looking out onto a plane, and there's a bit of dialogue. He seems very well spoken. He's yes. been trapped beneath a mountain, you know, stuck under this mountain, which I think is the Beast Grave. Oh, you know, I think the, the mountain, yep. Yep. mountain from Warhammer Underworlds. Uh, and once he ca- once he escaped, his people were gone, which means he looks kind of Kenothiish. Could be that it could yes. be the silent people of the mountain who are that extinct sort of insecty, beastly race referenced in Beastgrave and Diachasm. That's right. Or yeah. this could be the new god of the beastmen, and they're not around at the moment yeah. in that particular area. Um, yeah. I think I think it's Kenny on the Discord finds the idea of a like a, a well-spoken god of the beastmen to be very funny. Just like <laughs> now, my children yeah, gather; right, yeah. they're just all burning and pillaging. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, but this opens up space. This is completely new. This appears to be no strings attached to anything we've had before. Mm. It's so exciting! It really is. It, it, yeah. This one really caught me off guard. Because obviously, yeah. let's be honest, with Broken Realms, the way it's been going, you just expect, you know, to know who it is. I, I think Bellacore caught us a bit unaware, you know, because, oh, yeah, like, Bellacore. Yeah. But you know who Bellacore is. 
Yeah, he's important. Know, he, exactly, he's important. But you, whereas Kragnos, you're thinking, hang on, this is. I know I didn't think there'd be a broken realms based around someone brand new, let alone yeah. someone that's sort of been hanging in the back waiting for their time to shine. I was absolutely yeah. shocked by this. And like you, like you know, some of the theories you've said there. What I like about it is the fact that it is at this point not conclusive there is like some of those things you've said are actually all plausible mm. obviously kanothi seems a plausible one because you know aesthetically it looks similar and obviously we saw the centaur type uh kanothi as part of the yeah. uh, the beast grave set uh you know th- there's even rumors of it being chaos dwarves hanging around you know yeah. like they're bulls they're bull centaurs mm. you know it's it, there's something some connection there and obviously then it begs a question which is one of the things that's come about this is is what what um what's a grand alliance will this faction yeah. and Kragnos be part of because obviously you know but if you're thinking it's kanothi you're thinking oh it'll be order but then destruction is being mentioned multiple times oh, by a yeah. lot of people at the moment yeah i would just aesthetically like i mean like with the with the kanothi models so far they're like they are aesthetically very wild but they still have like that flowing ordered creative stuff in their actual gear this guy looks brutal from what we can see he's got a big yeah, heavy yeah. hammer or a mace or a club and he's mm-hmm. got a big slab shield with a bunch of little human-sized shields chained to the bottom he doesn't look refined at all his voice is quite rough like he he speaks well but i don't know i feel i i i want age of sigma third edition to focus on destruction because we focused on chaos or we focused on death as like the big opponents i would love a new god to awaken in gur and mm. team up with Gorkamorka and go, hey, <laughs> be cool. let's get the wilds back. Let's pull down some of these cities and let the forests flow in. It could be, we could have a split. Alariel could leave order and yeah. join this join this power trio and go, oh, hey, you guys you guys like trees and nature too? And they go, yeah, it's great. Natural order, good. Um, eco, <laughs> eco-terrorism, eco-fashion, whatever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all, kinds, all kinds of fun stuff. Again, it's completely new. This is all speculation. Mm. If if we get it right, uh, Games Workshop owes us $100,000 in Deathcore Creed kits um, yeah. <laughs> or new Kragnos kits. We'll see. Whatever we can take. Um, it's just exciting. It's really cool. Something completely new is so rare, even in Age of Sigma. Well, that's it. It was it, Obviously, Kanothi has been something we've discussed before, obviously, when they came about. And oh, are they going to link to the Wanderers? Are they going to link to the sylvaneth and all these different combinations so we shouldn't be su- too surprised potentially if that's the way it's going to go but and obviously we've talked about kernoth there's been mention of orion and you know all these uh, yeah. you know all these sort of combinations like you say and it's it's i just love the fact that we've seen this well, okay admittedly it's, there's not there's only so much to go on in this but it, like i said you can't it's nice to not nail it down because how many hmm. times have we seen yeah. something and go, oh, we know what that's going to be. And it's almost like yeah, then it, yeah. it, it confirms what it is. And you're like, well, I knew it was going to be that anyway. Whereas I love the fact that this this is still very open. And we and mm. also we may not hear about this for a, a while. They they may have just shown this yeah. and we don't hear anything for six months. Yeah. Well, they get on with all the other Broken Realms in the, in yeah, the meantime. No, so Absolutely. Like Teclis we'll and all the Lumineth have to come out. Bellacor and all the associated stuff with that have to come out. Yeah. Um. All the other 40k stuff has to come out somewhere. That's what I mean. We're probably not going to see this till June or July at the earliest. So yeah. Well, got to let that stew, I guess. Um, yep. <laughs> all right. We'll move on to uh, specialist games and unrelated business. Warhammer Underworlds. We've seen all of Headcracker's Mad Mob, uh, mm. the Savage Auric, 
uh, slash Auric Bone Splitter's Warband. They're really cool. Uh, they should have had tattoos painted on them from the start, but hey, <laughs> everyone's going to do that themselves. I like the weird boy with his pet snake. Uh, he reminds me of old Zogwart, the orcs special character from 4th or 5th edition 40k who would turn people into snakes. Is good. Yeah. They're, they're, they're great. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, I mean, I suppose we all knew the, again, with these were coming, but it's just, it's just nice. It's, I mean, the, yeah. it's just nice to see an updated version of some of the, uh, these models. I know obviously the, the savage orcs of kit is still holding up well, but yeah, yeah it's always good to have a nice little bit of variety. And, uh, has their rules come for AOS yet? Well, I suppose they maybe it won't be yet, will it? No. I think so. Yeah. And I don't think they're out yet. No, they're no, not, they're are, not they? are they? No. When, when they come out, their rules will go off AOS. Mm-hmm. They'll probably be a, a Wurgog prophet and um, a little retinue of stabbers yeah, kind of deal. They'll be fine. Um, Definitely. But for, for Warhammer Underworld, we've also had fully revealed just yesterday, Kynan's Reapers, mm. uh, which is the Ossiarch warband, which is super cool. Uh, it is led by Mir Kynan, the very first of a new hero type for Ossiarchs, which is a Mortison Executioner. Yes. Uh, Mortisons being the uh, the guys who manipulate the bones and the souls mm-hmm. uh, magics, uh, but this guy's just got a big fucking axe, and he looks like he's <laughs> ready to go to town. And he's um, big. <laughs> he's menacing. He, he is tall and yep. sleek, and he's just he's a block with the axe across it, and he is really creepy looking. Mm. Um, he looks great. Um, he is accompanied by a band of Mort- Mortec guard with varying loadouts. Uh, yep. One of which is new. One of them has a bow. Presumably, mm. we'll be getting skeleton archers sometime soon, which is awesome. It would make sense because <laughs> I know, obviously, we'll we'll see on that. But I, I yeah, it makes a lot of sense that, that they they should have archers. They should have some yeah. sort of. I know they got the the crawlers, which is their catapults. But mm. you know, they're a very military focused faction. They should have yeah. some sort of bow archers of sorts yeah so yeah oh, i mean we, we don't know like i said these are and there's one actually with a with a mace as well which again is mm. sort of not been shown before but uh, yeah i mean like i said the the, the models are cool but the 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 mortec mm. guard i mean they're more <laughs> mortec guard in different poses the big issue with them is mir kanan is so tall he makes them look like babies <laughs> yeah he does he is huge he really is yeah he, he he's like stretched out and they look mm. kind of short and stocky, despite the fact that I know they're just kind of like human-sized and regular proportioned. <laughs> it's really but it's weird. All, I, I think it's always funny <laughs> with Mortec Guard, because they're on 25mm bases. They always mm. look smaller than they actually are. Yeah. So, whereas he looks like he's on a on a 40, potentially. Yeah, so, probably. Yeah, yeah, he's at least twice as tall. <laughs> he's a big yeah. boy. Yeah. Very exciting. Yeah. Oh, man. Okay, over to Warhammer Quest. The Cursed City has been fully revealed. Mm-hmm. It looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. It yep. looks incredible. Every single model in this is the height of beauty. Um, really like, I don't think there is a. I don't think there is a single bad model in this set. Um, no. Yeah, it's great. It's so, going to fly off the shelves. It really is. Yeah, There's going to be so many people buying think, this because. Yeah, every every person in our Discord is going to buy it, which is yep. the initial problem. <laughs> um, Fighting over I, it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, now, fortunately, because this is like um, Black, oh god, uh, Blackstone Fortress. Blackstone Fortress. My brain was trying to say Blackstone Pyramid, and I know that wasn't <laughs> right. That's an Agastus thing. Um, Blackstone Fortress. 
was continually printed throughout its life cycle. Like it didn't go yeah. out of stock. Presumably no. this will be the same, which I think is good. So. It means if I don't manage to get it immediately, I can get it a couple months down the track. Because mm-hmm. also, if you want to do a Soul Blight Grave Lords army, I'm going to assume this is like the start collecting box. Plus yeah. some Cities of Sigma heroes or whatever. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it looks it looks awesome. I'm really looking forward to getting this. Well, and just well that's it. All these models. You, you know, like <laughs> you just said about them in AOS, that, that it comes with a booklet of War Scrolls. Mm. Every, and I think they confirmed there's rules for everything in the box, yeah. I think they said. Yeah. So everything in it will have a War Scroll. So, yeah, I think it's... it's. I just hope I hope it's reasonably priced. That's the one thing I, I'm yeah. praying for. Yeah. Blackstone Fortress was really well priced, but this is a bit bigger. So, yeah, and this one's going to be. I said I think it's going to be very popular. I think yes. we, you know people <laughs> are excited about Warhammer Quest coming back to the Mortal Realms and just how badass mm. this whole set is. It's, yeah. yeah, it's going to fly. Yeah. It really is going to fly. All right, and uh, finally, but definitely not least, good God, mm. uh, we're heading over to the Underhive. My little baby of Necromunda continues <laughs> to grow up. Uh, so first things first, we're getting a new starter style set this is so we've had necromunda underhive wars and we've had necromunda dark uprising and underhive wars was like super cut down it just had flat tiles and the two gangs and everything you need to play and dark uprising had like a full table's worth of terrain and two extra big gangs and everything you needed to play and i think they found the comfortable middle ground which is two gangs everything you need to play uh, a tile some tiles and some walls for like the zone mortalis uh tunnel style play yeah uh, it is escher versus delac i really wish it was cordor versus delac because <laughs> uh this, this is the one complaint people have is we already have so much escher please anything yeah. else I agree. um but if you're looking to jump into necromunda and you've got and you've got an interest in either the delac or the escher go nuts this is going to be a fantastic box i can tell you right now necromunda is a good game you should play it mm-hmm. i say it i say it every episode i feel um <laughs> <laughs> but yeah um hey do you like fire matt love it i'm all do you about like the that emperor fire. i i do i love the emperor and i love a good barbecue excellent well um when they were revealing the House of books, so we've had House of Chains, House of Blades, House of Iron, House of Artifice, and now we are having House of Faith, which is the Cordor mm-hmm. book coming up. When they first revealed this, they said every gang is going to get a new champion type and a new juve type, which is the prospect, except one. Mm. And Cordor are, it seems, the one, because yes. their expansion box is not more Cordor guys. No, it's their crazy cousins from Out Hive. <laughs> It's the Redemptionists, like just the Redemptionists, um, which so knows cool. not in the know. Uh, Cordor are like the Southern Baptist Church, and the Redemptionists are like the Ku Klux Klan with flamethrowers. I guess is the best comparison. Like they're that level of violence and insanity up. They love fire. Yeah. Um, when when we read Road to Redemption, they technically love fire more than the Emperor, but they profess to love the Emperor most of all. Um, and they get the coolest weapons. Yeah. Because we like we like big we like big chainswords, but what if it had a flamethrower in it? What if <laughs> we like big chain axes, but what if it had a flamethrower in it? <laughs> we like shotguns and auto guns and pistols. Oh my! But what if they all had flamethrowers strapped to them? 
It's a simple question that needs yeah. answering. Yeah, needs answering. <laughs> oh, I'm I'm so excited about this because uh, for multiple yeah. reasons. I lo- I used to love the Redemptionist back in the day. I, I I think I said on this show before that I the the non house gangs always used to really appeal to me mm. like you know i'm waiting yeah. for my spiras cameron i'm waiting for spiras oh, they will happen I, one I day assume they are coming if they're doing redemptionists they're going to do spiras exactly um, yeah you know, i i used to have a redemptionist gang when i was a kid in the original um mm. necromunda and i used to love it and it's i I'm, i feel great with this because i've got a cord a couple of sets of cord already to start yeah, building at yeah. some point and i just love the fact that you can either have these as a gang or mm. just an addition to your corridor yeah. gang. It's the best yeah. of both, really. Absolutely, Love yeah. It. You can take you can take um, redemptionists as champions essentially because they get the super fancy gear. They're a, they're a little stronger overall. Um, or yeah, as you said, you can make a full redemptionist gang, which is going to be corridor but on steroids essentially yep. because <laughs> they they won't have as many cheap crappy dudes run around, but they will have more flamethrowers. Uh, which, having fought against Cordor a few times in Necromunda, trust me, being on fire sucks in Necromunda. <laughs> <laughs> you can't do anything. You run in random directions and then fall over all the time. That's a life um, tip, straight from the underhive. It, yeah, don't get don't get set on fire. It's really bad for you. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, and like the, these are a good aesthetic update. They've still got like the flames on the bottom of the robes. They've still got yep. all the crazy gear. There's just a dude waving a book. Uh, which you should not wave a book high in the air if you have a flaming brazier strapped to your head. No, but he's no, doing they don't anyway. go well together. No, he's gonna he's gonna burn his book if he's not careful. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like, this is super interesting. Um, I'm I'm really excited. I'm gonna get yeah. This. I'm gonna get this book. I'm gonna read it. I'm gonna enjoy it. Might get some cordor, I guess. I want to play with the flame <laughs> template. It's yeah. a good template. <laughs> I think that's the appeal, isn't it? Blast yeah. blast markers and templates, oh. just and flame. They're just fun. Yeah. Even if you miss, you hit. It's great. Exactly. <laughs> um, and very, very finally for Necromunda, I kind of saved this for last because I'm actually really excited about it. Mm. Uh, first leaked and then officially announced is Necromunda Hired Gun, yeah. um, which is going to be a first-person action shooter set in the Underhive. You are a bounty hunter. You have three things you can trust. You can trust yourself. Yep. You can trust your papa. Your good, yep. your good boy dog with his big cybernetic jaw, and Lovely. you can trust your gun. That's um, it. We got a we got a super fast paced uh, trailer. You have a grappling hook. You can get mm. bionics that let you run on walls and jump really high and do all kinds of crazy shit. Um, the environments are beautiful. Yeah. Um, I'm really scared because uh, if you go frame by frame, which I did because I got really excited by this trailer, <laughs> there are there are ogrins that you are fighting. There mm. is an ambot that appears to just delete you. Um, yeah. Now the developers have come out and have said a very unfortunate thing, which um, one of the screenshots shows you holding a rat, and everyone mm-hmm. went, "Ah, rat bomb! Yeah, rat bomb! We love rat bomb!" Which is a classic Necromunda thing of you strap a bomb to a rat and then try to persuade it to run away from you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, apparently, that is not the case. Uh, it's better than that. This is your Cyber Mastiff's chew toy. And if you squeak <laughs> it and point at someone, he will go, oh, I must bite them. And he will do so very angrily. Um, Excellent. I'm super excited. It's coming out June 1st. It's not That's far right, away. Yeah. No. It's coming out on PC and all consoles. Yeah. Pretty cool. Um, it's up for pre-order now. It is cheaper than your average game. 
mm. which is nice. Um, I'm going to wait for reviews and be a good boy. Because although I really <laughs> like the Necromunda, the other Necromunda video game, it's beautiful aesthetics. It's not bad to play. It's just slow and it didn't hook me perfectly, I guess. Yeah, I'd but agree with that. First person shooters are a little, little more easy to flow into for me. So we'll see mm. how we go. Um, yeah. I'm I'm really interested to see if this holds up to that absolutely stellar trailer they showed us because if the whole game looks like that, if the whole game is fast-paced action heavy like that, I'll be a very happy boy. Yeah, same here. <laughs> Can't wait. Can't wait. It looks really good. Yeah. It looks mm. it looks nice and polished as well, which yeah, is always a yeah. bit of a concern with some of the Warhammer and GW <laughs> yeah, games. A they little, get a bit. Yeah, you know, we've had some hit <laughs> lots of hits and definitely a few misses, so Yeah. Yeah, can't wait for that too um yeah so that's all the news mm, we've had a lot to, <laughs> a lot to catch up <laughs> they are slamming us with it so no thank you very much for that cameron so nice. uh yeah we'll wrap up episode 74 so with that cameron where can people find you on the internet you can find me on twitter at night underscore twitten that's night without a k for just general australia and life updates pictures of cats that kind of thing uh, if you want to specifically see what I'm working on Warhammer-wise, join our lovely Discord or follow the podcast Twitter at Realm and Ruin, or go to Instagram at Realm underscore and underscore Ruin. I updated it yesterday. Woo! My most recent work is now on there for your viewing pleasure. Happy um, days. Yeah. Uh, yeah, feel free. Uh, send me a message if you want to chat about anything I've said on the show or if you want to chat out stuff i've been doing or just hey join the discord i'm always on there i check it morning noon and night um <laughs> there you go dedication to the cause mm-hmm. thank you very much cameron you can also find me on twitter as well at ninja badger seven and like cameron said you can find the podcast on there as well and obviously all the links for all the cool things are down in the description as always so like i said at the start of the show look out for the mental health revisited one that'll be like i said it will be yeah. out in the very near future when i've edited it probably after i've done this one so like i said it's not far off and yeah more exciting things to come so with that i said be good take care don't tell anyone else how to hobby just enjoy yours and as always we'll catch you on the next one bye ciao